This is Corn Stars, part of the Herpetoculture Network, with your hosts Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics and Chris Painshap of Badlands Herpetoculture. Enjoy. like one of those goomba things from mario that movie oh, yeah. remember those? Actually, yeah dude like the 90s mario yeah. which is actually the best one ever so bad uh yeah that's that's not the right way to i go mean about that it's so good it was 90s so it was, the bar's not very high that was amazing that shit was so good okay no. dude it's dystopian what, plumbers what was um who's the bad guy is it robert uh wasn't Robert Duvall? I uh, dude, I don't remember that actor's name, but he's great. He's a great actor. Oh, he is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, great movie. Suggest everybody go watch the nineties one. Great Robert movie. something. Doesn't matter. We're here. Uh, this is Corn Stars episode twenty-three, I believe, because our episode with Carol was twenty-one. Draft episode would have been twenty-two, and then this is twenty-three, if I can count correctly. It's been a little while. We've been all been busy. Uh, pinning down guests has been tricky, at least for Chris. Um, but we're here. It's just us this round. Uh, the Flippin' Tin Boys are going to be kicking off their stuff here in a little bit. Um, so there's going to be two episodes of THN content dropping real quick. Yeah, it's going to be so, awesome. It's going to be a, a lot, but... Um, uh, this episode, as always, brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Uh, shop around Facebook, Instagram. Use the code THN at checkout. Get 10% off your order. Phenomenal Rex. Phenomenal cages. Chris can now attest. I can now attest to it. Yeah, I uh, I got my black box. Finally got up. them put together. That, I believe it's the XR20. Um, mm-hmm. And right now, uh, so I had a few different plans with it. A few things in my collection have changed. So uh, my plan right now is to have kind of all my middle-sized colubrids in there. Uh, you know, smaller king snakes, a couple smaller male corn snakes, but I've got V35s. Uh, I posted on my Instagram a, a reel of, of opening a tub and showing multiple hides, water bowl, a uh, little 277 Alterna. Uh, but gosh, I was so impressed. It's such a it's such a high quality product. Uh, it's 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 well put together. It's well made. It's it's it it has weight to it. That was kind of the one thing. Once I was moving around, positioning, getting it on, Dude, on the casters, those things. It's not light. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I am obsessed with the little the little uh, doors. There's there's these small doors. Uh, oh, for, did you get the lockers? Uh, no, though I got the, the 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 removable rear pieces. I think all the racks have it for oh, you to put the yeah, probe yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. could put because you could put the probe in on any level. Yes. Uh, and then everything plugs in on the bottom, so you don't just have a cord dangling out. The whole, it's actually wire, like flush mounted to the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love those little ports because you know if I ever did have something get loose and it's all the way in the back of the of the of the rack, yeah, there's no way I'm getting back there. Now I can just open that up and fish them out. I don't know it's, anyone who who has the ability to reach into a V70 and touch the back wall. Like you have <laughs> to have yeah freakishly long arms to be able to do that. Because even yeah. I like. I don't, I don't know. I, I think I have pretty long arms. And limbs. I mean, you're a giant human. I can't even get close to the back of that thing. Yeah. So when they when they put in the doors and stuff, I was like, that. It's, great. it's, it's amazing. So awesome. 
how like it's just simple stuff like that it's like people haven't thought of that and, and you know you know it's just wild on the racks i'm using uh i don't have a dedicated place for the probe right i have to decide where the probe goes based on yep. where i want it right but i have to remove the whole back panel to get there and then there's just only one cutout for the cord to come out for the uh heat strip yep and then you have to try to get your probe there at the same time well the problem is if your heat strip plug outlet is at the top and you don't want your probe at the top, which is a lot of times you don't, mm -hmm. you want your probe kind of in the middle of the rack. Now you've got to wire it through and it's just getting squished by cords. And like the last thing we want to do is tear up the plastic coating on the wire and yeah. sparks up. And that's terrifying. So I always find that in those areas, I have the probe sticking out and I have to uh, like screw it the back less. And I'm like, well, great. Mm -hmm. Something gets out. Now I just have a hole back here. Uh, or if I push that tub a little too hard, the screw might pop out. You know, it's all kinds of stuff like that. Right. So, so they have that kind of ingenious way, uh, that access panel back there. Um, and then the little slot for the probe. Um, now, my slot, uh, the probe I was using on my VE200, uh, the probe is a little larger. But it was easy enough for me to get in there and just open up that slot a little bit to be able to get it in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess, you know, every, every, every probe is a different size. Uh, but, it, man, it's, it's just great. It's great. Uh, no... Uh, you know, I didn't think I was going to have any complaints, but I really, in the end, only have exceptionally good things to say about it. Uh, racks fit; they're all, all the tubs fit exceptionally tight. Uh, you know, I, I have some air, air holes on my. Yeah, it's smooth. It's it's, it's a clean, smooth setup, and uh, not gonna not gonna be looking at really any other manufacturers of racks, uh, with the exception of some other sizes maybe in the future. Not not even mm -hmm. something I'm thinking about right now. Uh, it's a it's it's a beautiful product, and, and I'm, I'm glad to back us. You know, I'm glad to actually have my hands on this stuff and actually be using it now too. Uh, it's nice. Yeah, and if anyone recalls, like Chris has had it for a while, he just finally got the the space and time to to put it together and set it up. He's just been waiting for the yeah time. Time has been the, very the moment with work. Yeah, it, it's 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 been a struggle here uh, with with work, and and you know obviously the the room is fully funded. Uh, and, and which is great. That was a, a big struggle, just kind of trying to allocate that. Uh, but also, you don't see me in a new room. Uh, <laughs> and that's because uh, these things take time. And, and I'm working mm -hmm. with my contractor, and you know, I, I got the right uh, LG um, AC unit. I'm going to be using a 12,000 BTU uh, dedicated air conditioning unit in the room. And, and the reason for that is uh, I can put a cool bot on that, uh, that which will be able to drop my temps when it comes time to brewmate so I can do my own brumation. Uh, also, the room's got to be big enough for me to be a nerd in. Uh, I'm gonna have my Warhammer table in there, uh, and, and, and be doing stuff like that. So that's kind of kind of part of the reason. Yeah, for now everything's uh, space wise is is good. I'm actually uh, actually have a lot of empty racks right now, which is kind of cool. So what are you smoking? I am smoking an AJ Fernandez Enclave in the. Uh, oh, that was a good. The, one. the broadleaf. Uh, yeah, the box press size. It's pretty tasty. I, actually, I really liked that one. I mean, AJ Fernandez. A lot, to me, a lot of the stuff he puts out tastes almost identical. I found like it's got his name on it. It's gonna it's gonna taste the same as everything else that has his name on it. But those in particular, was, I really really enjoyed. This uh, it was in my humidor for like a long time. Oh yeah, <laughs> look, 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 this is brown, ambered out. Yeah, ambered out. I was I saw it. It was kind of on the bottom. I was like, man, I haven't had one of those in a while. Those are tasty. Yeah, you? I smoked a lot of them when we had them. I, I was, I was, that was a regular in the rotation. It's really uh, good if you like an earthy cigar. If you want mm -hmm. something that's kind of got that woody, earthy uh, flavor in it, it's, it's not too spicy. I, 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 that's that kind of that's the profile for me. 
Oh I'm yeah, T fifty two. T fifty twos, baby. I had to ball out a little bit. You know, that's a big dog a, cigar. Been, it's been a couple. The last like twenty four to forty eight hours have been pretty nuts on the Fulvius yeah. front. Um, which show is also brought to you by Silent Hill Reptiles. Please go check out Mindy and JT stuff. Um, he said he was in the process, I think, of updating the for sale page here soon. I don't Even know if he's better, anybody with Morph Market, we all know we got it. He has his Morph Market page updated. You can go follow him. And he's already got snakes posted. There you go. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be updating on his website as well. He's got a beautiful website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, out in whatever uh, d- uh, desolate countryside he lives in uh, with no, <laughs> uh, no, no internet, uh, he probably struggles with that. Um, but yeah, he's he's already posted some stuff on uh, on Instagram or not Instagram on on Morph Market, and I think he had posted a, a, a man, I think it was a Miami uh, Tessera or something, because I was looking at it earlier and I was like, mm, mm, JT, why you gotta be why you gotta be doing that yeah. when I'm on this no, little no, no. corn snake sabbatical right now? Um, I feel like we all are kind of to a degree. It, I, I think, I, yeah, I, I I know we're gonna get into that. Uh, oh yeah, actually, right now he's got eight corn snakes and two rat snakes posted. Oh, he's got some some. Oh oh gosh, yeah, everybody jump on. Uh, he's got some uh, honey Miami het diffused. Uh, looks like some Hannibal line stuff. Uh, yeah, he's got a male Miami Tessera het motley uh, posted amel. It is it's twenty twenty one boy too, so it can maybe even go this year or next year. It's badass. It, I, I like it a lot. I don't want to look. Don't Honestly, yeah, I avoid the Uh-oh. corn snake section of Morph Market lately. Like, I don't really bother going on there and looking around because I know it's just going to lead to bad things. Instead, yeah. I've, just been, I've been, I've been on the the rough scaled Sanboa section, scouring, you know, scouting females a lot. And I mean, nothing's changed because no one's really buying those things. But those are tough to find. Yeah, I plan on getting one. There was a, an adult female on there recently. And I messaged the guy, and he messaged me, and he's like, oh, it shipped out yesterday. I was like, damn. Yeah. <clears throat> good, good. Yeah, dude. So everybody go check that out, and I'm sure he'll be updating his uh, his website as well. SilentHillReptiles.com? Hell yeah. I mean, dude, you, you know, and he's already we, – we already have some sneak, some sneak peeks at what's going down this season for him. It's going to be amazing. He's got some killer stuff planned. Uh, I, think he's already, I think he's already got some females looking pretty good too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know my man will do it. Oh, and then last but not least, fullviesapparel.com. Also use the code THN at checkout. Get 15% off your order. That is the exclusive promo code for THN listeners and viewers like you. Uh, shit's getting crazy, man. Like, I've had orders. I didn't really talk about it Monday night much. I haven't really talked about it a lot, period. Um, I think you. I've probably talked to you about it more than anyone else, I mean, besides my wife. But it's been a... Uh, it's been insane. Like this, this mouse mug thing is just ex- you went from viral, a single post from a single post. Yeah. By Sarah Sabo. It just like, then Darian shared it. Then the morph market page shared it. And then a, like a couple other pages with huge following shared it. And it just, I, I couldn't, I can't keep up. Like I had to limit the amount of inventory I was adding to the website so that I didn't get, an, you know, a thousand orders for this damn mug because I would yeah. have if I like it was literally at a point where every five minutes my phone was buzzing because an order came in like that's that's awesome it was I mean, it, but ridiculous God, it's, it, it's intimidating that's a lot of and you're and that's something everybody needs to know you're doing those by hand 
you're, you're Justin is touching every one of those mugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's hard work. It's that's a real product. You're not, you know, this isn't a, this, this isn't wish making these things or whatever Timu or something. This is, this is you making mugs. And, uh, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? That they'll, they'll be slight imperfections. There'll be differences. They'll be, uh, they're, they're handmade. And I, I hope the sales keep up. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm sure they will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even then when, when I was out of stock, you know, it was like people messaging, asking when they're going to be back, people commenting when they're going to be back. And I just had to tell them like, it's happening. You know, I'll do a post obviously when I have more available, but yeah. just for the sake of, of, not taking on more than I can I can get out the door in a reasonable amount of time. Like I had to had to limit the amount of inventory I was adding in, in yeah. like chunks. Uh, and even then, I'm still playing catch up on on some orders. I've got I've got a handful of orders that I still need to finish and, and box up and get out the door. So working on those. But success is only a good thing, even though it may seem intimidating, and, and obviously it is. It's trepidatious. You walk into it slowly, or sometimes it falls on you fast. But uh, that's good, man. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm proud of you. Uh, I hope I hope you uh, I hope your fingers uh, fall apart from making so many mugs. You become a bajillionaire. We'll see. <laughs> you're all you're all. I'm never doing it again. No, nah, it's gonna be good. That's cool. And plus, no, you know, it's I, it's a weird combination because it is exciting because it's you know it's led to some other other really cool things happening um, that I'll probably talk about eventually. It's, I don't know when, but um like it's it's overwhelming in a great way and also in a horrible way because it's like well now you know you really i really like i'm i'm a i won't say i'm like a perfectionist but i'm definitely like very particular about what i'm sending out to people i i would say that you're 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 a perfectionist i think that and it's yeah, you're, you want everything to be quality. You want it to be right. You want it to be good. It's Well, I think for me, it's like me seeing things that got misprinted, and it may be something small that no one would ever notice, but because you're in that line of work, sure. you see it, and it's like that's it's like you can't even – you can't not see it. You know, like that Levis uh, yeah. shirt I did, like that S on that because of the way I had I – had, done it was slightly off like the spacing was slightly wider between the i and the s mm -hmm. that it just drove me nuts yeah like it drove me crazy i know like 99.9 percent .9 of people would look at that and be like it's fine but to me it's like i can't ignore it like i can't not see it it's not centered not. just right yeah it's I, yeah I understand. So, uh, that's a badass yeah. shirt i can't wait to I'm gonna, that, will, that will be on my skin it's just a matter of understanding that that most people aren't going to be that picky. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep on trucking, allowing there to be some flaws in your work. It's part of the art. If that's what it's it's not art. It's mouse mugs. <laughs> just all it's the literally mouse mugs. mugs. People, I think it's pretty evenly split between the people that are going to actually use it for mice and the people that are going to use it just to drink coffee out of it and freak people out. Oh, I'd I'd be using it for coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be using it for coffee at work or something. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's just it's insane. I mean, like every every night I come home from work now, at least the last like week or so. And it's like just start making mugs, like 
don't sit down. I don't really take, I might finish a cigar or something that I got on my way home or something, but it's like, just get in there and start cranking them out. And, uh, it's been nonstop. Your boy's tired. (laughs) I know. I could see it. I could see it. Well, uh, so tonight's episode is going to be a little different. Uh, we don't have a guest. Uh, one of the things that Justin alluded to uh, is that guests have been... I'm usually the one to go fishing for guests. And, and I talk to a lot of people, and we do have some exciting guests that are going to be coming on the show this year. Uh, we have a couple lined up. problem is timing doesn't always work out. A lot of the guests in the corn snake world are, are usually a little older and not as comfortable with uh, you know, the space-time continuum that is the Internet. And, and that's okay, uh, but we, we're, we're going to keep doing the show. Uh, we're going to maybe do some one-on-ones. Maybe we'll get some repeat guests. You know, I know there's people that we've had on before that would love to come back on. Um, but we thought it would be fun to do kind of a one-on-one. We really don't spend too, too much time talking about our own collections. Uh, and, and, and so that's good. Also, there's probably a good chance that over – because we want to still be putting out an episode a month or, or, or more often than that every three weeks. Um we, we, we or, or me and somebody else actually uh, may do some some different uh, species spotlights. Uh, so we, we may do a couple King Snake episodes, may do a couple Pitch Office episodes, stuff that we're, we're, we're on. Maybe Justin's going to get somebody on and do a, a, a Rhino Rat episode, uh, you know, and, and dedicated, kind of allocated Herpetoculture Network episodes to particular species um, or, 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 or uh, genuses, right? Like maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do a, Mexicana, you know, get that Leonis, Max Max kind of stuff mm. and just do a, a dedicated episode. And I know everybody would want that. We've had a lot of people reach out to us and ask for that kind of content. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it, it's it's kind of difficult with me with corn snakes. Um, obviously, species I love is a species I'm never going to not have. It's a species I'm going to breed every year. But when you're talking with people about corn snakes, unless they're derivative of something unique, a lot of times if we bring a guest on, you're going to be hearing regurgitated content. Uh, it's a lot of what what, what happens with chondro gas, right? You know, at, at some point you you get you you hear uh, maybe the same hour of of content regurgitated, and then you have maybe 30, 30 minutes of unique here and thirty minutes of unique there, and we, and we don't really want to do that. Uh, obviously, all the guests we've had on that hasn't been the case, uh, but we haven't had certain guests on because we know it will be the case. Uh, so, so that's kind of uh, something something we're excited to kind of try to bring to the table. Uh, well, I think of- kind of the, the nice thing there is just to, like on the corn snake front, you know, is like we find people that have a very specific focus. And so it makes yeah. it easy to kind of take that route. Yeah. You know, you about to sneeze? Oh, about to sneeze. It. Oh, it went away. Oh, good. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, we, we, we and again we've had we've had a lot of guests on that that have looked at things in very unique ways, uh, and have tackled things in unique ways. We've had guests on that talk about other species, and, and that's that's good too. Um, you know, it's it's not a there's not a rubric we have to follow, and luckily it's us doing this at our convenience. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, so 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 excited to kind of kind of try that out. Um, but Justin, why don't why don't you kind of give us an update on you right now? Where you at with the collection? Anything <sighs> new, special? How's breeding going? Um, breeding wise, I have the, the pied blood reds together. Um, I started putting stuff together 
before I started getting sheds and stuff just to see, you know, if they make something happen or not. And uh, I put the one of the F1 male ladies' islands in with the female, with the the dam to that group. Um, I put in that Beaufort County male with that Annery female from JT. And, uh, I pulled him the other night just cause I don't, I don't know, man, like with all this stuff that's been going on with, with Fulvius and whatnot, I was like, I really don't need to be pairing a lot. Yeah. So I started kind of, kind of pulling some stuff that I had, had put together, but I don't think anything happened. I don't think they, they locked up or anything yet just cause I haven't seen any interest from, from the males really. Um, The pieds, I mean, they've been together for for a couple couple weeks now, so the chances I'm, are pretty. I'm high excited, up. yeah. But um, that yeah, I think that's uh, one of your pairings that I, I just really want to see go. I know it's my female, right? So there's a little <laughs> bit of involvement in that, but uh, make make a whole clutch of pieds, baby. That'd be rad. And then I yeah, and then I put that that undocumented Annery Motley male in with that coral female, that coral ghost. Um, Again, don't know if I don't. I haven't seen or heard any action there, um, but kind of the the main focus for the for the year as far as pairings is definitely that those pie blood reds, uh, and then rhinos again. Hopefully, hell yeah, keeping keep them together. Uh, babies on on those have finally started taking off on their own and eating eating pinkies off tongs without any hesitation, which is nice. Um, Still got one baby that's kind of holding out on me, but other than that, the others are, are now multiple meals deep and, and no fish, just just pinkies right off tongs. So yeah, now that I kind of have a better idea of, of what we're kind of looking at, you know, I'm, I'm much more confident in moving forward with with babies in those, and it's it's mostly just realizing like it's it's simply a waiting game with them. Um, in talking to a lot of people going into that first clutch last year, you know, it was like kind of the same thing with like with chondro babies where it's like, you got to get them on the pinkies like immediately, like as soon as fast as you can get them on the pinkies. Yeah. Don't keep them, don't keep them on anything else for too long. And I mean, I kind of just toyed around with a little bit and just kept feeding rosies. And I was like, well, I'm not feeding them rosies every four days. You know, yeah. I kept repeating schedule so pretty spaced out, uh, and it was just you know give them rosies and then maybe every other meal put a pinky in in the water bowl with them you know frozen something thawed see if they take that too and after a while they started to get it and then I I kind of just realized like just keep giving them rosies until you know for a couple couple weeks couple months like rosies are cheap you know it's they're it's eating easy, yeah easy meal. Um, you know, they're eating those with no hesitation. Then over time, I just started offering the pinkies on the tongs and like they've just started like the switch flipped and they just started yeah. taking off tongs. So it was one of those things where I was like, OK, this isn't a case of like if you don't get them off rosies, they're going to eat nothing but rosies forever. It's literally just like that first couple couple months. You know, you just got to give them rosies and then start imp- like working those pinkies in over time and offering them and. If they take them, if they, you know, that's great. If not, then you just keep waiting. So, yeah, that's 
it's much less intimidating that that way you know and, and now you're seasoned going into it you're gonna have so much more comfort when those babies hatch you're like yeah i mean i know what i'm doing this doesn't take yeah. a huge dedication of my time it's it's it slowly every year it becomes more and more calculated more and mm -hmm. more calculated yeah That's, and i know like thiamine you know thiaminase and, and things like that is a big concern for a lot of people but i don't i haven't seen any issues with with them getting rosies i'm feeding them two rosies at a time um without any problems you know they're small they're tiny babies and i'm just i'm not there's there's no problems no issues so yeah I, I think, I think we see that. I, I, yeah i think there's i think there's this weird thing in, in, in the hobby and, it, and it's so funny uh I, this happened with me with alterna and and i'm sure this happens with chondro people and, and all different kind of species that don't want to necessarily eat mice right off the rip and and, and take some level of, of dedication good of going this has been solved, right? Like we're not doing something unique for the first time. And it's so funny when you talk to people that have been doing this for 20 years, you know, I talked to John or something and he's like, Oh yeah, you just start with this. They don't want that next week. Try this or next, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like, man, isn't that like, all right, so I need this. I need it. And it's so intimidating at first. And then the next year you get a few more reps or you get, a, get, a, get reps in the year after that, you get reps in, you know, the uh, Barons racers guys, uh, black headed Python guys. Right. Yep. I talked to Jason Hood about black-headed pythons. He's like, these things don't eat, right? And then I was like, oh, man, that's that must be scary. He's like, no, 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 because once they eat, they don't it's stop. Them. It's not yeah. scary. Nothing, nothing scary when you understand it. Yeah, exactly. That's something my uncle always said. When he, you know, we, they'd be, he, he's a big contractor and stuff, and uh, you know, post-military, that's what he did. So anytime there was like projects and he had never done it before, he was never like worried about it. It was just one of those things. He's like, nothing scary if you understand it. And so he'd, yeah. he'd do his research on it, he'd do what he needed to do, and then put pen to paper and make it happen. And it was just, yeah. he's right. I mean, it's it's true. And I think that first clutch with any species, uh, especially the more difficult stuff that's a little more nuanced, requires a little bit more uh, focus. Um, those first clutches, like, you're going to learn so much from that first clutch that it's all downhill from there, really. I mean, yeah. Like after that first clutch of chondros for me, it was like, okay, now I know exactly what I'm not going to be doing next yeah. time, and that automatically eliminates a lot of the anxiety going into the you know the, the stuff after that. So same with the rhinos, you know, it's I'm not you just give them what they want. Yeah. Wait. Awesome. So, so, what, so what, yeah, anything else you're going to be pairing up any of the bear die? Uh, I put. One of my my younger visual uh, albino male in with my undocumented female that laid a, a small clutch last year. Um, but I, again, I don't know if anything happened. I don't think anything did. So we'll see. I mean, I could be wrong, and it could be a, a JT year where it's like I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pair a whole <laughs> lot, and then yeah, everything's going to go. So we'll see. But I'm definitely, I'm. I, I'm hoping most of the stuff doesn't go because just with the amount of, of things that I'm doing now, like with Fulvius, yeah. um, you know, that pulls a lot of time away out of the room. So we'll see. But regardless, hopefully some pides happen. Yeah. The pides would be, nice. be great. Any, any, any contro pairings in the future? No. Um, I mean, at the end of the year. Yeah, that's when when some of them will be ready. Um, hopefully, for sure. Like we're now going to be at the 
like the five five six year mark on on a couple of the females so they should be primed and ready to go yeah um just trying to get some size on them between now and then so other than that yeah nothing nothing new um got that conicus sanbo yeah. so i traded kai williams uh a handful of corns for a male rough scaled sanbo <clears throat> and that's a species that piqued my interest for a while too i saw it um we're seeing them in a, in a Gary Schiavino video and thinking they were really cool looking. And I thought they were really like some super rare, super expensive, like <clears throat> no one had them kind of thing. And then come to find out after doing some looking around, like they're not like that at all. I mean, there's definitely not a lot of like compared to Kenyans. Yeah. It's like no one doing anything with them. Like they're like the, the Brettles pythons of the, the Sanboa world. They're just, they don't get a lot of attention, but the people yeah. that have them really are into them. They, they kind of fall on that bread lie or, or bared eye also, right? Mm-hmm. Like like people people that people, that, people know, that know. have them are just like, oh my god, I, I had a pair back in the day. Uh you know, back when I had boas, I had I had a pair of Kenya Sambos and a pair of uh, uh the rough scale sambos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh yeah. dude, they're, they're so cool. They're they're so damn neat. And they're they're like great eaters. Uh they're they're so interesting looking. And yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I wish that's something that we saw more often, and and hopefully as you're as you're working with that animal, you find, you get more, uh, and, and you spread the good word because that's another one of those kind of I just didn't even think about them until you, until you said something. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot those are so cool, right? They're they get. I've, I've kept Kenyans and stuff in the past. You know, I've had a handful over the years, and like they were cool. I enjoyed them. I don't know. Just over time, I was like, "This just don't do a whole lot for me." Um, but I don't know. There's something about the the conicus in particular that I just find super interesting. And maybe it's just the fact that it is like they don't come in a bunch of crazy paradoxes and color morphs and things like that. And there's yeah, you know, there's just the natural variability and like it's a species that's native to to India and and Sri Lanka and some of those northern sort of countries. Um, which I mean, that really interests me because I like indian species you know be it tarantulas or other stuff um i think it's cool there's not a ton of people doing stuff with them so i don't know we'll see this guy uh he has not eaten yet but kai also said it's pretty typical for him to go off food in the winters because he's had them for a couple years so yeah boys if i remember my male sambo was just like my my male rosy bows were just like i'm gonna eat four times this year and it's gonna be when it's the absolute hottest outside i was like all right no i never yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Oh, I, you know, I, I was obviously, I love rosy boas. Uh, and uh, the, uh, what you call it, rosy boas and, and samboas and, and, and rough scale samboas all kind of click yeah. into that weird little small uh, pseudo boa kind of thing. Yeah, like you're not really a boa. You're kind of like yeah. a sluggy, a sluggy boy. But uh, yeah, they're cool. That's cool, man. Anything, any, anything else? Uh, pair of Popwin carpets also came from Kai. He was like, "Hey, man, I still have like two point two of these Popwins." He's like, "If you want a pair, you know, I'll put some. I'll you know bring you Those a pair nice. with, with the Conicus." And at first, I was like, "I really shouldn't. I don't need another project." Like, "Those are nice." <laughs> and then he ended up he brought them anyways with him. Like, I didn't say like don't bring them, but he was like, yeah. "I'll bring them," you know, and you can just decide. And as soon as I saw them, I was like, "Sure." So. Yeah, real hard to say no to those, man. Uh, you had those pictures out out in the kind of uh, that kind of dusk sun sunset, mm-hmm. perfect time. Or if you had some videos, oh, those are yeah. nice. Those are sharp yeah. and, and I, real I velvety. Just, 
just playing with them, man. It was, I just remember as a kid, like when I got my first pop win, they were IJs at the time is what they, you know, they called them. And I just remember those, them, they were like a junk carpet. Like they were yeah. super cheap. No one saw really any potential in them. I don't think except for maybe a handful of people. Uh, and I mean, we're talking circa like 2006. Yeah. Uh, when I really got the carpet bug was pretty early on. Just looking at them, man, it's like these things are. I just, I, as I get older, I really come to appreciate the the species that are just naturally pretty. Yeah, like the yeah. morphs and the exanthics and stuff are really cool and pop ones. But it's like, man, you give me just the variation in those too. Naturally, you know, there's like there's literally something for everybody. I've seen such a, a spectrum of of options and oranges to yellows and darkers to lights, and I just to me that's that's really hard to beat, and it's just so cool that it's there like that's that's what it is like as is this is what you're getting and it's like what else could you possibly need same with brettles same with yeah. baird you know you know just... the, the, the ij seem to fall in that same cusp as for me uh blue tongue skinks where they have so much ability or so much variability through line breeding they're it, it, even in the first generation Right, you you hear people that take like blue tongue skinks, and they're like, yeah, yeah, every every you know, I'm three generations in, and I've got pure black or not pure black, but you know, like extremely dark uh, mm-hmm. blue tongue skinks. It's like, dude, that happens with IJs. I've seen line bred IJs that are making, you know, and I don't know the history, and I don't know the morphology, and I don't know the, the phenotypes, uh, but I've seen pictures of IJs. I'm like, holy, that must have been found in the wild or something. It's like, no, Eric Burke bred like two generations, and he made this. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you yeah. Know. Uh, so that's awesome. Man. This is the, so the first first ones I've had in a couple years. Um, you know, it's cool. I don't know if if it's something I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna hold on to them. You know, really long term, or if it's something I'm gonna end up. You know, moving, but they're neat. I like them. Yeah. That's Other awesome. than that, it's just uh, it's it's baby corns. Still got a lot of hypos. <laughs> Those things, though, dude, I swear, like, every time I have some shed, the ones that don't have holdback written on the label, it gets written on the label. And I ended up going from, like, two holdbacks to, like, six. I need update pictures of them, yeah. These things are getting better and better. I mean, damn. Yeah, is that good? I traded a lady one for a group of rats. Because she was, she messaged me. And she's, <laughs> works, she actually yeah. lives like right around the corner from me, as it turns out. But she messaged me on Facebook, and she's like, "I've got a group of rats. I I was gonna breed my own, and I've decided that I don't want to. These things are disgusting, horrible. Please take them." Uh, and I was like, "Okay." And, and she was, you know, I was, and I happened just sort of in passing, and like, "Oh, if, you know, if you if you're looking for a corn snake at any point." let me know because i've got a lot and she's like oh yeah she's like what you know what do you have and i i showed her some pictures and she's like oh how much do you want and i was like well you know she gave me a, a group of like 15 or 20 rats you know younger ones so i was like you know you gave me the rats and she gave me the tank that they came in which i'm probably gonna trash because there's nothing i can do with it and it's disgusting uh you know i was like I'll give you one for the rats it's not a problem and she nice. picked one out and seems i haven't heard from her, but she seems happy yeah. with it. Seemed happy with That's it. Always a good thing, yeah. Oh. It's a good exchange, yeah. Well, I'm supposed to be sending another one to Mike Kosicki here. Nice. Soon. Yeah, I need to see what they look like, man. I don't need more snakes. I don't need more snakes. Nope. 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 No, Justin. 
No. Oddly enough, on the baby front as well, uh, the Ladies Island to the Castagna Motley Mail, all those babies, I think the one Daryl Camby has is still kicking, but everyone that I've had rolled. Interesting. It's very interesting. It's very strange. It was never like pathogenic in nature. It just seemed like they all just really struggled to to really take off. Fail to survive kind of thing. Really, yeah. They just they they were consistently wimpy. Um didn't seem to be putting on any weight. Like they were yeah. really high strung. Like just really high strung. Um and I just I don't know. Over time they they just they didn't they didn't do well. And then it uh there was a couple that that seemed to do a little better and then just for whatever reason they just sort of hit a wall, you know. Um so unfortunately I don't have anything from that pairing anymore. Yeah, that sucks. That happens. Congenital or what? But yeah, I, I've had clutches in the past. Um, my my uh, last year, my 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 oh god, salmon snow strawberry uh, that I paired to my super salmon snow uh, tessera. Mm-hmm. They had two clutches. I had a clutch, and then she double clutched. And uh, that's why I'm not breeding her this year because she double clutched last year. Yeah, and uh, the first clutch was like they were small. They were just small, but they did good. Like, and and, and uh, most of them did great. Uh, it, it, they all got big. I still got a. I actually have two males left that I'll be uh, posting on work market here this week, uh, this coming week actually, and and they did good. Uh, and and then the second clutch was really really small, like a very small eggs, very small babies, yeah. and none of them like they they were, they didn't survive. Two months or something like that. They, well, they it's just, they, strange because these ate regularly. Like there wasn't any yeah. problems with them eating. It's just like huh. they just were not making any progress. Just never took off. They just plateaued on the growth front, and that was it. You know, huh. in contrast, all these hypo babies, like monsters, every single one of them, like they will come out of the tub for food. Like that's awesome. Just beasts. Have you have you uh, made any progress on the uh, cutting the pinks? Uh, charts did you finish that um i'm trying to remember what the so i i did do it for for probably two months and then i stopped and i'm trying i think the problem was is mouse production had had severely slowed down yeah so i didn't have the availability of pinkies on you know a, a weekly basis like i like i was you had to be very consistent like it has to be the yeah. same feeding yeah. same day yeah 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 it's similar <laughs> size so. pinkies right like you have to have all pinkies the same size essentially or you're cheating the system yeah, yeah. but i mean the res- i did see results from those two months and it was it was pretty evident that the stuff that was getting the cut was definitely getting more weight per meal um Growth wise, like in terms of like a major size difference, there really wasn't one. They just the ones that were getting the cut were just getting heftier. Like they just had more more weight to them. They weren't getting longer, or growing faster per se. But um, there was definitely a weight difference, uh, and that's just from a short term thing. Yeah, you know, I would like to do it do it more long term again with you know another clutch, preferably 
figure something out to to be able to keep it going for six months, you know, something longer. Um, yeah. With what I had at the time, you know, it it was interesting. It 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 lined up with the stuff that that Hurley did in her study, you know, of a similar nature. And sure. Granted, mine isn't super scientific and and to a T, you know not making sure pinkies weigh exactly the same every week and trying to, you know, it's just sort of pseudoscience. Um, yeah. Just seeing if there's anything to it, you know, in terms of data and looking at charts and stuff. So it's, it's mixing hobby with science, seeing what your own personal results are. And that's awesome. I'm glad you did it. I'm glad it's glad you did see results. That's cool. That's I think, pretty, uh... it, I think it's a good thing to do. I mean, A, I do it because it takes two seconds to do when I'm feeding stuff anyways, because I do it for all the adults and stuff, too. Um, but like babies, you know, if you have a runty one in the litter or you have one that just needs to put on some more size to get bumped up to, to a more substantial meal, um, I think that's a good way to sort of fast track it a little bit. You know, it's not going to be obviously you're not going to see a major difference in like two weeks. But, yeah, you know, over the course of a month, two months, that baby's going to get a, a pretty good leg up. And, and growth so yeah that's uh yeah that's awesome well uh i guess i guess i'll speak a little bit of my own uh collection and, and what's what's going on over here yeah uh so i i did downsize i know everybody had kind of talked to me about uh about the uh leopard geckos and me finding out that i was shockingly allergic to mealworms uh to the point to where it was putting me into a like, anaphylaxis uh, and I was having to use an inhaler, uh, which is super cool, right? Like, that's super fun. It's fun for the whole family. Uh, but uh, I've reduced the numbers. Uh, me, and my, me and my daughter still have our, our, our group of no-head bold stripes, and we're still working with some black, uh, which is going to be uh, stuff from Kevin Barron, uh, which is going to be uh, the Melanistic Black Knight outcross with uh, Max Snow and Eclipse, which makes some mm-hmm. killer babies. I've got a bunch of eggs on the ground already. Uh and that's probably going to be our only breeding projects for a while. Uh, we've yeah. held back some bold stripes. We, we're going to probably hold back some of the, uh, hopefully we get some uh, super snow melanistics, which would be really cool, especially with Eclipse, because we'll get pied melanistic super snows. Uh, Eclipse kind of causes a pied thing to go on in the super snow. Uh, so mm-hmm. so we're looking, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of looking forward to that. Uh, but it's super cool to, to clean like, you know, four leopard gecko tubs instead of, you know, 40. <laughs> which we, we had quite a few uh and a huge shout out to any friends that were that were so graceful to to receive some of those those adults from me and actually i took a, a lot of adult leopard geckos to the show i just i've entered a show last weekend uh the herp show in corpus christi and uh had really 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 good results for shockingly high amounts of money selling larger to adult leopard geckos um I, I yeah, think what's, it was... your, what's your take on that too? Because I know we were talking to someone recently in our in our group, and they were mentioning how you don't see a lot of people raising stuff up and then selling it when it's a yeah. two year mark. You know, is that do you think that's that's something people should do more often? Do you think people get better results as a result of that? I you know it, it, it was weird. So I hatched out I think thirty two leopard geckos last year, and when they hit the 15 gram mark is when you start selling leopard geckos because leopard geckos are a little bit less likely to survive. Uh, 
They don't always eat real well. You know, parameters have to be a little bit more specific than most snakes. Mm-hmm. So just talking on on, on, on the leopard geckos, but this is going to reflect on the corn snakes too. Uh, I noticed that the only uh, the first show I vented, I only took two, uh, and they both sold. Two leopard right. geckos. Two leopard geckos. Two leopard geckos. Okay. And they both sold. These are already bigger size. They were like 20, 25 grams. Yeah. Right? You're, so you're talking maybe an adult leopard geckos, like 60 to 100, kind of depending on the lineage. Uh, so these, these are decent-sized leopard geckos. Now, you go to the show, you go to a lot of the flippers, you go to a lot of the wholesale guys. They have these tiny little leopard geckos, mm-hmm. right? They're 5 to 8 grams, maybe, right. or if even that, or hatchling leopard geckos. Or they'll have them in a tub, and they just got a whole bunch of random morphs and stuff. And, and I was like, wow, that's really weird. People do buy those, and they're only selling them for like $25 or $35 or 50 bucks or whatever. And I was like, man, I just, I, I you know, whatever, but those leopard geckos are just going to die, right? Like they're, they're just dead. Mm-hmm. And so we raised all of our leopard geckos. I think I posted two on Morph Market. Morph Market does have a little bit of flooding in the leopard gecko side. Probably should have been re- renewing those posts. Honestly, probably need to figure out how the heck to take a picture of a, of, of a reptile to post on Morph Market. Uh, but what was really weird was I went to this show and now I've got, you know, at this point I had sold some, I had sent some to buddies, uh, I, maybe I've got 20 leopard geckos, right? And they're all big. Like some of them are like 50 grams, right? And, and these are now this is just the babies from last year. But I mean, like they could eat superworms, right? Like every leopard gecko on my table could eat superworms. And, and you know, I these are these are no head bold stripe leopard geckos. I, I I had them all listed depending on color, yellow saturation, bold. You know, I got I got real picky on them from like 75, 85 dollars to 125 dollars. And dude, I brought two of them home. Uh, I, I traded a couple. Uh, but like everybody was like, Hey, that's yo, this is like a good looking gecko. And I was like, yeah, it was like really easy to raise these things. The ba- I had no problem with the babies because the da- babies, I, I just feed dubia and, and they, they, they're so simple to raise. And, I, and, and then I kind of thought about, it. I was like, you know, I have so much confidence selling these like big, healthy leopard geckos to kids that are going to go buy a, an enclosure yeah. today. And, and it's like, man, and, and people would come up and they'd be like, you know, we saw a lot of a lot of leopard geckos in the show. I was like, yeah, and they're like, well, now my buddy Seth uh, from Huff's Herps was vending, and he's got probably the best leopard geckos and fat tails on the planet. Uh, and, and he was vending, and you know, he said kind of the same thing. He's like, dude, I don't bring little ones to the show. He's like, you you raise them up, and I, and I was like, you know, I never thought about that. I, ne- I never I never had that mentality. Mm-hmm. I was always like, you know, get the snake eating, uh, get get a few sheds, you know, four four to four to six meals. And I'm selling it, right? I'm selling it. And, and so I took a couple of 2022 baby corn snakes. I had a lot of holdbacks to the show. And I priced them appropriately, right? Like uh, I had one of the caramel Miamis that I just wasn't going to keep because I, I've produced so many Miami honeys now. Yeah. Uh, or excuse me, honey Miamis now. Uh, and I, in fact, I'm not even holding back any from last year. Now I've got the Tessera honey Miamis locking up. Uh, so I'm going I'm to go one step further. And I just don't. I don't need to keep everything, and that's something I need to learn. Uh, but but regard, anyways, back on back on the snakes and show. I, I I took a couple larger 2022. So you know these are decent sized corn snakes, and dude, I'm not lying. Those are the first snakes to go. They're the first ones off the table, and it's Who not. It's, uh, it, you know, a lot a lot of the corn snakes I sell at shows are to either first snake family or like third snake families. Like oh, we mm-hmm. we bought a ball ball pythons for yeah. the kids, but they don't like them or. Uh, we got my kid a, a reticulated python, and we didn't know how big it was going to get. We just once, you know, we saw Emily on Snake Discovery said corn snakes are the first per- perfect first snake, right? 
And I'm like, well, I, I agree. Clearly, uh, they've never had brettles pythons or rhino rats. <laughs> I, 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 dude, I, I could get into a long, long, long discussion about how Depiagini is the best first snake, but that's me. Uh, but it's also it's kind of along the same lines as a bread lie or, or something, just a cool low temp. Anyways, core snakes. Uh, I, I had a guy that had four or five snakes. He had it was oh I got a couple of king snakes. I got a core snake, and he just walked by. He's like he's like man, you know, you just don't see them that size. Either you see adults or you see hatchlings. Yes. And I was like yeah, and he's like I don't want a, an adult because I want to raise it. He's like God, I, he's like I bought a, I bought a hatchling and it died. I was like well that's. I bet 30% of all, not 30%, God, I bet it's 30%. 30% of all hatchet core snakes you buy, right? Like at a reptile show, pro- mm-hmm. probably die, right? Like you get them from a flipper, you you you, you get that, you know, $35 AML at, at Daytona or whatever they were, $10 snows or whatever they were. Uh, and it, and it, so it was, it was, it was kind of interesting. Also, I had my 2023s there. And I probably had 15 on the table. And, and dude, I sold five or six, right? Like, decent sized babies uh genetics marked on the on the tubs uh or on the delis uh you know uh, we have a nice setup but talking to people about it uh young young kid comes up and you know i want to get a corn snake or you know i have a corn snake i want another corn snake oh what do you got show me pictures of it. uh and then that kind of led into uh you know do you want to breed oh you do well you have a male well let's look at my females let's see which one might pair up the best ah maybe maybe i don't have something that, that's perfect but why, why don't you pick a different male for me and maybe next year i'll produce you something or, or you know conversations like that interacting yeah but I, I really feel like having slightly more established animals really helped uh well, I'm sure having stuff too. I mean, not even just in corns, but in leopard geckos as well. Having stuff that's already starting to color up some too, yeah, probably helps. Yeah, uh, leopard leopards have a huge ontogenic change, just like corn snakes. I wish corn snakes did it a little faster, uh, especially when I show pic- people pictures of like <laughs> a lot of my ultramel motley stuff. Yeah, it's kind of just like red and white. It's pretty, but like when you see it as an adult, it has this crazy orange and red. And that's kind of tough. Um, so, anyways, yeah. So, I've ended the show. Uh, we made a couple pickups. My daughter, you know, she bends with me. She picked out. <laughs> she she wanted to buy a gecko, and I was like, "Well, we're not getting any more leopard geckos unless they fit our projects." There's nothing that was going to fit. She was like, "Okay," and so we went table to table to table, and she picked out a Goniurosaurus, Goniurosaurus bawangliensis, uh, which which I've never had. I've never had that particular species, um, and so I'm on. I guess my. Chinese cave geckos that I, the Goniosaurus hyenensis should be on their fourth or fifth generation now. Mm-hmm. Since I originally bred them, got the grandkids back, bred those, and then the ones that I sent to y'all would have been fourth generation, yeah. So those may actually be breeding the ones y'all had. Uh, so I guess there's a fifth generation out there, which is kind of cool because like you know I, I had all wild caught stuff and uh, mixed in wild caught stuff in the third generation. So uh, I'm real comfortable with cave geckos. I do love them. Uh, they're, they're, they hold a special place in my heart. And because now I'm going back to only Dubia, uh, and very limited amounts of mealworms, uh, <clears throat> kind of excited to, to get those now, but now I have to have an army of, of by way uh, which is, <laughs> you know, will at some point prove to be a problem. Uh, more notes on the show, uh, gargoyle geckos, uh, kind of back to selling great, uh, for, for a, a year or two there, we saw bad sales on gargoyle geckos. The only difference is the price has dropped a lot. Uh, you know, I've been with my, my brother, uh, who's not really my brother, but he's 100% my brother. Uh, and we, we, you know, he does a lot of crested geckos, chihuahuas, uh, lichianis, and, and gargs. Uh, chihuahuas, every chihuahua he brought sold. 
Uh, he, wow. he, he has a bunch of really cool looking pine islands. And dude, these are these are four or five hundred dollar geckos, and they're sold the first day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lychees, most all the lychees sold. Uh, and, and you know, we're not. I'm not selling thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar lychees. We're selling four hundred and fifty to five hundred and fifty dollar lychees. Uh, you know, we 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 know some locality information. Um, right. But guards, you know, what used to be a, a eight hundred to a thousand dollar guard is kind of a three hundred dollar guard. But I think it should have been three hundred dollars, right? Like, and I know I'm throwing yeah. around prices on animals like they're they're tangible goods, and, and they're not, right? We we care about them, we love them. Uh, but we were we were selling guards there for a while, uh, for such crazy numbers uh, that now I think they're kind of where they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the crested. I don't understand the crested gecko market. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why one of them's forty dollars and one of them's four thousand dollars, and neither one of them are different. Uh, but my my brother could tell you everything about crested geckos. Uh, he is he is producing visual azantics, and he brought one to the show, which is really cool. Seeing visual az- the actual azantics in person, they're, they're gorgeous. Uh, I was very jealous, uh, you know. But the lily whites, the cappuccinos, he's got all that stuff. And the market again has also kind of crashed on those. But it's kind of weird because me and him had that talk. A lily white used to be a thousand, two thousand dollars. Yeah, they, those drop quick, dude. Now they're one hundred fifty bucks. 200 bucks and i was like yeah but that's where they should be that's right? supposed like, to but that's to be expected too when you're dealing yeah. with a species that you can breed and get so many eggs in a in a year out of like yeah it's an incomplete dominant surely trait. no one expected those to stay where they were initially for any anything longer than you know a year maybe yeah. two years like dude it lasted eight years he, he was like for eight years you know he paid four or five thousand dollars for his lily white uh male that he bought that he, he got it from Europe. Uh, it was from, I think, Lily White Exotics. He had, he had one of the original European imports. And he was all like, dude, I rode that wave forever. I sold every baby for $1,000, $2,000. He's like, now they're cheaper. He's like, but I, they should have been that price from the get-go. It's an incomplete dominant trade. Right. You can't make a super form. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I never really thought about it like that. But the cool thing about the Crest Gecko market, I know we're not a Crest Gecko show, but it's really neat to see those line bread projects the solid reds the ink blotched dalmatians the crazy tricolors those hold their value better because it mm-hmm. takes a lot of work to produce those animals yeah uh so I, i'm very impressed with the the crested gecko market and he, he you know he, he he went on greatly talking about it and, and, and a lot of a lot of crested geckos in the show but you got a lot of people with crested geckos over there for 35 40 dollars yeah. and hey that's a great first pet and, and you know, a lot of kids walking around with them, gonna go leave in the car at Walmart or whatever. Uh, but it, it's neat to see somebody that's like, yeah, I, I price most of my stuff in this kind of fifty to one hundred dollar range. But you start moving up a level, and you're like, wow, look look at that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's a lot of appreciation there for that. Uh, but yeah, not a lot of core six at the show, which is even I know it's not on season. But usually, you see more. Uh, right. There was uh, I, I picked up a pair of uh, F1 uh, Louisiana Allen Parish uh, speckled kings. I was, I was pretty stoked on that. I actually I actually traded a couple of geckos for it. That was like two of the leopard geckos that went out. I traded for those. Um, and I picked up a uh, ghost. I think it's a ghost, bro. I don't know dollars from dimes when it comes to Florida king snakes, but I got I got like a it's a pretty big big ghost Florida king uh, that I'm gonna send to Harry because he's got Florida kings and he needs some morphs to. Good thing, and dude, it was such a cool snake. I got it out at the show. I was like, "All right, cool." You know, this thing's real pretty. It's real healthy. 
took it home. I gave it a night. I was like, all right, I'm going to feed everything tomorrow, make sure everything eats. <laughs> Motherfucker came out the tub like damn sandworms from Dune. He's, I was like, I, I, I kind of love it, right? Uh, but at the same time, I was like, Methropelt this dude. He came flying out. I was like, damn. Uh, so that's it's a good eater. Um, but yeah, anyways, so, so on that front, you know, uh, lightened up on the, on the leopard geckos. Uh, you know, kind of thought I was going to get into a pattern where I was moving some adult snakes out. Um, it it kind of really looked at the collection. And I did move some stuff this year. But I kind of looked at it. I was like, man, I think I think everything's where it needs to be. Uh, you know, I, I have lots of really exciting projects going this year. I've held on, held back a few exciting projects. I, I've seen visual locks. Uh, so that Castagna diffused male to the uh, pewter female, oh, I've yeah. seen locks. Uh, so, dude, I mean, I a whole clutch of blood reds that are head charcoal, head Castagna, like I'm in, right? Like instantly. Um, and what Or what else is in there? Um, and then, and then I haven't seen him locked to the, the Cassandra female, but dude, now she's plumped up a little bit for brumation. She's just gorgeous. She, dude, it's that dude. Cassandra's are badass, and it's so annoying, right? Like, I don't want to just like agree with you at all, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, damn, these are kind of cool. Uh, I, I put my, my snow girl back to the, uh, Anne stripe boy. I'm pretty sure the yellow thing that's going on in my collection, this thing I'm calling a kind of yellow neck with the, with the stripes, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's buff, right? Yeah. Like, from everything I could tell, I think I have their buff, right? And, and and they look like their buffs, and when they hatch out, they look like their buffs. And my holdbacks specifically that are about a year old, when I, I, when I look at my ultra, ultra male annery stripes, mm-hmm. specifically the ones I held back that had the most yellow, I'm kind of looking and comparing them to buffs, and I'm I think that's what it is. And so I'm, I'm going to talk with Tony D at, at some point, kind of, I need to make sure I need to see what's going on. Uh, but, but I think that's, and that would make sense, right? Like that, all the, all the things would line up if I was like, yeah, it's buff. Uh, so, so that's kind of cool. Um, other, other, uh, corn projects, uh, the honey, uh, the, the Miami honey Tesla stuff's been paired up. I haven't seen any locks, but I don't always see locks. Um, I think it was, I, it's only it's only four or five core snake pairings. Now I do have my big uh, uh, from Tony D that I got from Jake the Okatee uh, uh, buckskin yeah outcrosses. I've got those paired up and they look kind of spicy. I'm, I'm cohabiting them in a V70, uh, which is kind of great. Like you want to have two corn snakes in a, in a V70 that get along well and like cohab them and, and maybe they breed, maybe they don't. It's kind of perfect. Um, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm getting ready to start working on that uh, uh, bio cube that I got from Black Box uh, to, to get my uh, North Carolina foothills corns set up. They're, they're so funny. They're, you know, they're like four years old, four or five years old this year, and they're like just tiny corn snakes. Uh, hoping they go this year. Uh, I, I, and I started pairing up. Uh, so I had that wild caught embryo eye that was just real interesting looking. Kind of we, we we jokingly called him the ghost of the Davis Mountains, um, but he's like. For lack of a better term, he's like a hypo, hypo E type. And then I have mm-hmm. him paired to a wild caught female. Uh, he looks, he's, 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 he's light. He looks like light concrete. He's a thousand percent lighter than any wild caught snake I have from that area. So who knows? Might just be a phenotype. Might be, might be something special. Uh, so we'll, we'll hopefully get a clutch out of there. Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, my, my little butterfly project, my body post project from uh, McMullen, they, they've been locking. 
Uh, that's cool. Those those are the thorn strips that I got where the male has that beautiful kind of bow tie pattern, and, and we mm-hmm. proved that out last year. Uh, so luckily, me, uh, Chris from Black Snow Reptiles, and uh, Harry have all those babies. So we'll we'll be able to pair up the F ones at some point and see where that goes. Uh, everything else is still information. I won't be getting any of my my cold cold stuff. You know, I'm not I'm not going crazy. Are you like doing that. any of Leonis this year? Uh, yeah, man, I just said I'm not going to go that crazy, but I've got four four Leonis females going this year. Uh, I've I've got uh, three vivid line, uh, three different phenotypes of vivid line, not the ones I did the last two years, just because I'm giving them the the, the year off. Um, but three different phenotypes of vivid line, and then I have those bloaty uh, pinners. So I have a yeah. bloaty pinner female and a bloaty orange times pinner uh, male. Uh, so that's cool. Those are those are that's, look really neat. That's sort of at the top of the list of of the to gets for this year. Um, is a male. Leonis. I'm putting you know? I'm putting all those vivid females to a bobble kind of like deep yellow, with like mm-hmm. totally different phenotype. So hopefully, I want I want I want my Leonis to just be all over the place this year. I want I want to, I want to have a whole bunch of different. I mean, phenotypes. if that's the species that's going to happen, that's yeah. that'll be it. You know. I don't want to go crazy on them. I mean, I have the two females, and again, still crazy. I'd like to get another <laughs> a, a male, maybe two males, and just keep it fairly light. You know, the then, thing that sucks with Leonis, right? And this is it. They're not dedicated projects, right? Like, you're not, I'm gonna get this pair. I'm gonna work with this pair forever. You go, oh, I like that one. Oh, I'll get that one. Okay, I like that one. Oh man, I could pair that one to this. One. I could pair that one to this one. But I can also pair that one. Okay, I'll, I'll get that one too. Oh man, that orange is cool, but man, wouldn't that orange look cool going to the white? What does that make? And every single yeah, clutch is a little different. Uh, ridiculous. You could go off the rails on Leona's quick, man. And they're, I know that's again, like I check morph market periodically in that section too, and I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? I don't. I'm trying to trying to offload, not bring on more. You know? Yeah, I've got some of those uh, shark tooth lined by uh, white oh. line that that. That are about, you know, they'll be yearlings this year, but they're just eating and they're growing. And it's like, oh my God, they just get better and better and better. And yeah. It really does amaze me that that species is not more popular in general. Like you the know, size is good. The color options are, are very hard to beat in, in relation to a lot of other species. Temperament's good. Yeah. You know, I just like, why are those not in a lot more hands? And, and they're like not big snakes they're kind of a stocky king snake right like they're they're a little yeah. bit girthier yeah. than your i guess girthier is the right word uh but they're like not a, they're not as big as a corn snake right and they're but they hatch huge which is kind of weird they hatch bigger than a corn snake i think that's uh, part of that desert that desert yeah. thing we talk about man like those desert snakes like that egg's gotta survive hell or high water right yeah. like who knows what it's gonna go through yep uh small clutches big babies you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have a conversation with John at some point, maybe this year, talking specifically just Leonis. But, you know, if you go back to 2002, 2003, that species was like big time in the hop, right? You, you've got your Shannon Browns. Yeah. You've got your, your Bobbles. You, you've got your uh, uh, Bob Applegates. You've got uh, Brian Barczyk. Uh, you know, you, you've got these huge names, and they're working with Pyros. They're working with Leonis. They're working with Mexmex. You got people like John Lassiter that are coming out and, 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 and producing lines. Uh, there, there's such a huge list of names I'm not even saying. And then the ball python mar- market kind of happens. Yeah. And it almost overshadows. Sort of derails everything. It kind of derails everything. And, it, and then you have these big name guys that leave, you know, 
Don Shores, right? Uh, Don Shores meant some of the Corpus shows. is great guy, Shores Enough Snakes. And I remember in 2003 buying a pair of Florida Kings from him. And uh, a little thumbs up just popped up. Yeah, I don't screen. know what that's all about. That freaked me the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he like popped up. I was like, what is that? Uh, but yeah, so Don Shores, he, you know, he's breeding only King Snakes, right? Uh, him and John Lasseter are working together. Uh, they're they're producing tons of Leonis. Uh, all they're 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 pioneering the the Florida king snake morphs, the California king snake morphs. They're they're proving out all the different types of albino California king snake. And then now you go to Don's table. Oh, I, I bought a snake from him, uh, and he's got ninety eight percent ball pythons, right? And and you know John, me and John go drink a beer, BS with him at the show, and it's like you know, ah, you where are the king snakes? And he's got what the hell he actually, happened, man. And he has king snakes, right? He's like, these are the snakes I, I just love, right? Like, yeah. you know, he has, yeah. I, I bought an Azanthic Splendida from him. and uh, But he, he had a, a, a nice male Leonis. I actually should have told you that. Uh, and, and, and he was like, yeah, you know, I, I got Leonis. I've got Splendida. And he's like, and he's, he had a couple hognose. And I was like, that's cool. He kind of recently got into hognose. He's like, God, the ball pythons, man. He's like, I do this full time. That's that's what I do. I say, he loves them. Like, he's passionate about them. He can tell you all about his highway zigzag goblin upside downs and which is awesome right he knows every single morph he knows what they're all about but it's like where where did we why yeah. don't you want to get back into this he's like well this brings you to my table this is what i'm going to talk to you about i was like eh, mm. yeah, kind of kind of makes sense right like it's yeah yeah uh, uh you know few few stuck with the colubrids and, and they still do right you, you still got your howie shermans and your craig trumbowers and your your tony b's and your john lassiter's and people like that that are still just dedicated only colubrid breeders uh so it's weird uh but I, but that's kind of you know we're, we're, we're gonna eventually maybe this uh recording talk about uh kind of where the market's at but uh but yeah like why why are these things not more popular why is the rough scale sambo just like lost in the hobby why why is the the leona's not talked about by everybody it, it, it's are we just the, the only thing that i can think of is just babies i mean it's the same with rhinos like rhinos are awesome once you have them where you need them you know and it's like i can see that being someone can't say oh i want a rhino and get a, a baby that's not established and just not struggle, you know. It's like yeah. it's, it requires work. It's not. It's it's not just a, a but dude, turnkey ball, kind of thing. Ball pythons aren't that easy either, right? Like my ball python only eats live soft fur rats from Southern Africa that only on Wednesdays at five p.m. and only every other month, right? Right? Like, I just think there's some species there. The reason that they're they haven't exploded in popularity even when all the boxes are checked is just there's like one barrier that that stops them from doing that and i think it's the it's baby establishment is yeah is where that barrier is you know which i mean from the sounds of it i haven't bred leonis um but it sounds like in comparison to their relatives in the general region that they're <laughs> alternative <also> from, like <laughs> They're not that bad compared to Alterna, compared to the Mex Mex stuff and yeah, um, you know Greer Eye and whatnot. And I, yeah, I've heard Greer Eye are a nightmare. I haven't read them yet, <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I know ha Harry had you. You had a hell of a time with some of your MSPs. Yeah, 
I know Harry struggled with some of the ones he got from Daytona too. Yeah. Uh, both of mine were champs. I mean, that older couple that I got that other female from, dude, like that that little Leonis was a, a nut job when it comes to food from day one. Yeah. Like, I'm really looking forward to going to their table again this year and just seeing what they have because they were such nice people. And I just like, put them into a box. Me. Yeah, man. It kills me that they were, you know, they were selling their stuff so cheap. And it's like, I didn't want to say anything and I didn't want to be rude, but it was like, I, I kind of love it because they do that, that every do. year. You yeah. know what I mean? They vend one show a year. They sell all of the snakes that they produce other than the ones they're keeping. They're, God bless them, but they're, they're in their 70s, right? Like, it had to be. And, and you talk to the, this beautiful old lady that, like, might be knitting a sweater, and you're like, oh, I He's love not. I... She's sitting there popping babies and getting bit. <laughs> yeah, that's I the thing. I watched her do it. She's just getting gnawed on by babies. Yeah. Leona says she's popping them for me because I'm like, I really, you know, I'm looking for a male. And, of course, they didn't have one. They were all females. But, you know, she's in there popping them, and she's just getting chewed on. And yeah. She's in there talking to you while it's happening. Like, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's hilarious because it's, it's beautiful. I don't know. I talked to them a lot last year. Yeah, you know, I, I, I they were really I kept, cool. I kept walking by their table because they had those those Leonis, and I kept looking at them, and I was like, you know, the only thing that stopped me from buying them like right off the rip was just the fact that I know how how snobby people get with the lineage and stuff, and them not really having any of that. Yeah, because they're just kind of having for fun. You know, they're it's a pretty snake. Yeah. Same with it's like the generic alternative thing. It's like I don't know what yeah. it is. It's just nice. Okay, I, that's I, the lineage. I, it's pretty. That's. I think with some groups, the reason the lineage is so pronounced or so so talked about with Leonis is is the worry about European imports and the worry about albinos. There's never there's never been an albino Leonis. There's never been a certain phenotype. There's certain phenotypes in Leonis that shouldn't be there, and it's because a lot of European imports came in. That's where your pastel kings came yeah. in. They're all Ruth and I uh, hybrids. <laughs> but it's like buying a Leonis from them. You're buying a Leonis. Right, yeah. like I, I bet they're breeders, or, or you know, Ancient. anyways, they're they're not out there buying new things, right? Like that's, yeah. um, and they also have awesome cow kings. They also have killer corn snakes, and they're they did have some nice corns. There were some corns that I was like, I, I, he, because he was like <laughs> trying to make me deals on. Them. I was like, I can't, I want to, but dude, I gotta, I gotta exercise some self control. You know, I just it's I tough. A Daytona is hard across the board, uh, but it's it's yeah, it's tables like that. You know, I. I Oh, I tried to constrain myself last year, or, re, or, or hold back last year on purchasing, and I bought a lot. Uh, but uh, you will say that I know. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to buy anything. Like so. me going this year, I, I have nothing in mind that I want to buy. Uh, you know, I'm going to be on the lookout for a couple things. But you know, if I could find some conjuncta that aren't related to mine, uh, if I could find some Natata morph conjuncta, like on it, right? Like I'm, I'm buying on site unseen, like on, on site, like. I've never, I've never seen them. I've never seen them. So, uh, there's a couple. If you know, if I saw some vertebralis from somebody that I trusted, yeah. I, I'd probably buy some vertebralis, yeah. right? Like, I'd, I'd love another pair there's of vertebralis. Like exception stuff, obviously, where it's like you're yeah. not gonna see that every day, and it's like the, you know, the opportunity is presenting itself. And, and Daytona's kind of the place to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, but yeah. So, but 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 on that with with, with my collection, you know, I say I'm trying to have a a a, 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 a more chill year. I, you know, just doing four four clutches of corn snakes, kind of the hope. Uh, a couple clutches of Embryi, and then some some alternatives, some Leonis, uh, Northern Pines, Black Pines, Jani. Jani are parent right now. Uh, Leucistic Florida Pines. That'd be really cool if that if that happens. You know, I sure would love a huge clutch of uh, 
pissed off, uh, extremely expensive white snakes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it for me, right? Like, oh, vertebralis. I, I don't even count vertebralis uh, because they've only bred for me once, and I don't know if I figured it out. It was like during a, a, a big thunderstorm that rolled through during spring last year. So if I feel, I swear, like if I don't get rain, I'm, I got to open the window and I got to pray that they go again. Uh, but yeah, so so it's, I think it's a, I think I think I'm in a healthy spot. Uh, I think produce a little bit less. Uh, the room is my room is perfect right now. Everything's locked in. Uh, and then once I get this new room built, I'm moving. Uh, what, what I've decided is I'm moving all the pitchy office out here uh, to give them bigger enclosures and uh, going to do a couple display enclosures out here. And I'm going to do a few display enclosures in, in, my, in my my house room and kind of, you know, spread just spread the collection that I have now in, into a couple couple different spots. I think that's I think that'd be nice. Kind of locking in. Uh, probably probably going to pick up a few new species this year, but they have to kind of fit into what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I, I moved all my uh, Asian and uh, European stuff to Billy Hunt. And I'm happy for them to be there, uh, but that's I'm just not that's not what I'm doing right now. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's you know I say I also another thing I say right now. Uh, anyways, so we did have a couple other things we wanted to hit on. One thing I, I did want to I did want to make a note. So we're we're talking about corn snakes. We're talking about the corn snake market. I posted a uh, a baby a, a male. Um, a uh, ultra male motley tessera het annery on a morph market. I, I went ahead and I wanted to try an auction. Now I, I put the shipping at a, at, a, at a price point where if I ship that snake, I'm covered, right? Like it's paying for the. It's one of the. Like, you know, usually when I ship you a, ship ship somebody a snake, I'm like, all right, well, shipping's fifty four dollars and eighty three cents, right? But this is like also I, let's cover the box, let's cover the deli, let's you know. So I so you know, I put my shipping a little higher. But I put it on an auction with no reserve because I've kind of noticed that the best results from auctions are the no reserve ones. Yeah, and people are like they know that there's not you know the chance of them actually getting a decent deal on something is. To me, I don't really understand the whole reserve thing. It's like if yeah. you, if you want a certain price, just sell it for that. Like the point of an auction is people are trying to get the lowest exactly. price possible, and like I I, just, I don't know. I see that and it just kind of makes me giggle because like what's what's the point? And if you don't know what that number is, then it's also like okay, well, how long are we going to play this game? Am I signing myself up for seven hundred dollars? Am I signing myself up for four hundred dollars? Like what's yeah? Is there's not like a buy it now button kind of thing? Right. So you don't right. really know the. And, and, it, and it's, you know, I, I understand the idea with auctions when you think that the animal is going to exceed the value of maybe what you had it posted for, right? You have a very unique animal or something that's very sought after and you say, hey, I, I think this is actually going to sell more than what I want to sell it for. And then that makes sense. But the thing with morph market auctions, and I think a lot, most auctions, is I, I don't want this snake anymore. I'll, I'll wholesale it right now. I mean, it's corn snakes wholesale for fifteen dollars, right? That, that's what you get. How much can I get for it? It's kind of that's the way I went at it. I was like, look, I have two or three babies. I, I have. I'm gonna post one next week too. I mean, let's let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the snake sold for twenty five dollars, which is hey. kind of a letdown. I thought I really thought that would go for more. And uh, it, it, that's it's okay, right? Like I'm not I'm not at a loss. I mean, you're also right? kind of like, like you're, you're you kind of have to have some expect expectation that that it might not sell for what you hoped it would. Exactly. You know? That's what you're signing up for with the auction thing. It's either going to do exactly. really well or it's going to not do well. It just, it is what it is. And, and, it, and it was, it was kind of interesting to experience that firsthand because I, I, I kind of went into it. Uh, um, not entirely sure 
and then now I have some level of confidence as to where where it kind of ends up. Um, but that being said, I, I spent a little bit of time looking at Morph Market, uh, kind of trying to see what I thought was doing well. Because, uh, you know, you can go on Morph Market and you can look at what's, what's been sold. Uh, so, so I pulled up a few things. And I was really kind of delightfully surprised to see what was selling, right? Like you can go see what all the sold, uh, sold, sold listings are. Also, huge shout out to Eric Westmoreland. Our, our, our man out here selling awesome snakes because I saw his name pop up a lot. Saw Metazotics pop up a lot. Dude, so Eric posts some stuff that I'm just like, <laughs> like uh, so, ah, so it's so frustrating because it's like I want it so bad, but it's like I don't need more. I don't. I don't. As nice as they are and as awesome as they would be in future projects, yeah, I just can't. I uh, I I noticed a lot of. Probably your average price corn snake that was selling, not including shipping, was was a hundred to two hundred dollars. About a hundred to hundred fifties. Hundred fifties kind of like that sweet spot. And, and I was really happy to see a lot of like snows and, and, and a lot of like caramel tesseras and mm-hmm. you know, honey motleys and, and stuff like that are are, are, are what's selling. The, the 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 kind of cool looking quality. You're gonna have a good time with this pet snakes are what is kind of doing well also notice there was more castanias on that list than i ever thought i would see which is kind of surprising that's that's one of the things i kind of want to ask you you know we, we've talked to a lot of people this is 23 episodes and we where's the where is the the corn snake market go right like what mm-hmm. what do you see i think i have an idea but justin where do you where do you kind of see that In terms of like morph specifically, yeah, just like or, or or one thing I noticed was a lot of the flippers, right? We we know who the flippers are on morph market. We know who the guys that sell a lot weren't selling snakes, right? Those right. were not the people selling corn snakes. So, do you think it's going to become more of like a boutique? Get it from this breeder looking for this morph kind of thing, and 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 in, in that situation, is it, is there a specific morph? I don't know. Like, I've kind of, it's so, I can't really get a beat on it because at first glance, looking at sort of the overall landscape, you know, between Daytona last year and Morph Market and talking to, to, you know, people we know that are breeding a lot and selling, you know, posting a lot for sale. Uh, I can't tell if, if it's a, if we're in a kind of a rough patch in terms of, of people buying or, if it's kind of the same, like it hasn't changed much because you have guys like Adrian and guys like Eric that are selling stuff. No problem. Yeah. And then you talk to people that are like, I can't get anybody, but to buy anything. Like it's so weird. Some people are there. It's business as usual. Nothing's changed. And some people they're like, everything came to a screeching halt. I think I just can't tell. And I don't, I don't know. I'm still convinced that it being an election year and as we get closer to November and stuff, that things are going to get more squirrely on yeah. the economic front. Um, that I don't know. I mean, I granted, I I've had a hard time selling selling hypos and stuff, but I also really have put very minimal effort into getting them out there. Um, so I, you know, I'm not going to say the market sucks because no one's buying my stuff because I haven't really tried. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as like wholesaling, like I've talked to, I've I shopped around and talked to a handful of people of like, hey, I've got a group of corn snakes that I'm like I'm 
you know, I'm looking to move. Uh, look, I'll even trade them for some stuff. I'm basically just trying to get turn more snakes into less snakes. Like yeah. I'm literally just trying to downsize some because I'm just I'm buried. Uh, and even you know, a lot of the a lot of the shops and stuff are just like, no one's buying corns right now. You know, it's just one of those things, and it's like, okay, well then, you know, maybe it is. We maybe we are in that rough patch. Um, I don't I don't know. I have seen. I have noticed more castagna and stuff on Morph Market. Uh, yeah. But I also wonder if it's one of those things where, like, you get a you get a new car, and then all of a sudden you see that new car everywhere else. Like, all of a sudden it's you're looking for possible, it and you yeah. see it. Um, but, I mean, in terms of specific morphs that I think are, are seem to be trending, um, I don't see anything super specific that stands out to me. It seems like it's all pretty... Uh, it's a pretty pretty big mix of what people are, are putting out. So, yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool. I I hope that us talking about Castanias as much as we do has sort of helped the market. Has helped trading. showed people like made people stop and take a look at them, you know, and be like, well, those are actually really nice. And you know, again, I think the reason like those never really took off either is just because it's not it's not incomplete dominant. You don't get the instant yeah. results. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it takes time and patience to get more of them. It's not something you're just going to be able to do in a season and, and bam, you got what you want, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I, it's seems to be all over the place to me, but I it kind of is know. one of the things I noticed on the sold animals on work market, it's, it's instantly apparent. Go through, go through corn snake listings on, uh, on more market, right? There's there's a bunch. You can go through, you can scroll through page, 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 page. It's it's quite cathartic, right? I love doing it. Go through the sold listings. Always crisp, good pictures. That's kind of what I thought. I was like, dude, I think I took a crappy picture and posted it on my auction. They're always really well, high detailed, saturated pictures showing the color of that animal. And so I'm gonna kind of experiment with that. Like, right? I'm gonna try another, I have it the exact same morph. I'm going to post the exact same snake next week and I'm going to see if it does better with maybe a better picture, a better background, you know, sharpen it up, spend a little bit more time. And, and it's, and so I, I uh, was kind of interested in that, right? It's, it's a little bit of a, of, of a test to see where, where things go. Well, it's one of those things where you look and see like, okay, if that little bit of extra effort I'm putting into better photography, does that translate into better sales? And uh, you know, I tried the same thing. I, I busted out my little light box um, I took some pictures of some of the hypos and stuff that I was posting for sale, put them on Reptiverse Marketplace because that was a new one that I was wanting to, you know, I'm trying out. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I haven't gotten any sales from that because he's not getting a ton of traffic, but that's because he's sure. new. And, you know, when you're going up against a Goliath that, that has become Morph Market, it is yeah. very hard to to compete there. Um, it's kind of like new social media platforms trying to come out to take over some of the, the market share of like what Facebook has. It's like, good luck. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the issue I had was is like, okay, I have this light box. The colors look great to me, but my camera on my phone really kills those reds and makes them look more yeah. brown. And it's so effing frustrating because it's like it's as expensive as these phones getting, I got a damn Samsung, the newest one. And I'm like, why is this taking this awesome lipstick red snake and making it look brown? Washes it out, yeah. 
it just it it sucks. It's super frustrating because now it's like, you know, this isn't an honest interpretation of the color. I can tell say all day long in the ad like these look better than they than what you're seeing. Um, and then so then the other option is like just taking like getting outdoor pictures, but it's like how do you do that with a bunch of squirmy ass baby snakes that won't <laughs> sit still? It was hard enough just getting pictures of them in the light box. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like what what do you what do you do? You know, it's yeah, and that's nope, that's people like JT. It's like they am I gonna have to bust, am I do I have to bust out my my camera like my expensive camera yeah. and do this and then go through the pictures and upload them, go through and edit them so that they all have the you know the animal number and stuff and it's like I don't want to do that again. I'm maybe I'm I'm lazy, but <laughs> it just but yeah, it's a lot of work. Sucks. It's a lot of work, dude. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, that's kind of that kind of weird question that kind of popped up in my mind where I saw s- snakes that if you valued them per morph, maybe, or quality, and I was like, wow, this snake is selling for $100 more than my snake just sold for. Why? Right? Like, why why is that? And then I kind of stopped and I was like, maybe it's, maybe it's presentation matters so much more on the value of your animals which is such a weird concept, right? Like my actual time right. in, my actual investment in these animals to present them to you is every bit as important as the actual genetics and time that I put into breeding them and mm-hmm. me selecting the best stock and me selecting the best animals to produce. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting thing to think about, right? Uh, at, at and to me, time. it's like I'm not even trying to get more value out of selling. I'm just hoping that it better pictures result in more people being interested in it you know it's like i it, if it yeah. ups the value great but i'm i'm once i have a a price on something i'm not too keen to to change it especially like like upping it because i'm yeah. like this picture is going to make the snake worth 50 dollars more it's like i i'm at a point where i'm like i just need to sell some snakes <laughs> yeah well it's going to require taking better pictures like i'll do it but yeah yeah, I think I think it's something you should try. I think I think you'd be surprised by the results. I'm I'm hoping to surprise myself with those results. Uh, and it's you know it's, it's kind of funny. We're 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 sitting here and we're talking about these things as tangible goods, and and I guess to some extent they are right. I mean, you have uh, to look at it like that to a degree. If you're selling yeah. things in any in any you know sizable number, like that stuff does matter. And as much as the the, the lingo feels soulless and sucks. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's like yeah. you are selling something. It is a thing. Like you are yeah. selling, and and, it, and it's kind of funny. You know, I, I, I no problem selling Alterna. No problem selling Pine Snakes. There's no there's no hold up in that. It's always it's kind of those residual uh, those residual elements. Those last few, and, I, and I'm kind of trying to not wholesale right. Like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with wholesaling. People wholesale whole clutches. People wholesale whole collections. That's cool, right? Like, get, get your back, make your money, right? When, when you've said in your mind, this snake has to go, I need to change it for some amount of dollars in my pocket, get with the right wholesaler, find something, you know, Metazotics. I know sometimes they even uh, buy, buy snakes from people that are producing. Uh, that's the time to kind of make that call. Uh, but I, I, I and that's kind of why I'm interested in this auction thing. I kind of want to. I kind of want to keep playing with. It. I kind of want to keep posting stuff mm-hmm. on the auction. Maybe, maybe I get five dollars for that snake. I think I told y'all. I went like two days. I didn't have a bid on it. Right? It was gonna be five dollars. You get a you get a corn snake, right? Uh, but I but I but I see results. I've I've been really studying not studying, but, but really cognizant of the results uh, 
on, on the auctions, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm interested in kind of seeing where that goes. I don't, I don't think you're going to get top dollar, but I, but you're not going to sit on the animal. Uh, you're, yeah. you're not going to sit on the snake for a long time. So, kind of a kind of a fun thought, kind of a kind of interesting thing. I, it, out of all the things that Morph Market has done, uh, some positive, some negative, I kind of like the auction the most. I find myself cruising the auctions a lot. I've cruised it a few times, and I I don't know if maybe I'm just missing it, but is there a way to filter by what's on, like what's being auctioned? Because it's like I feel like I have to sift through a handful of pages of ball pythons just to see other stuff. If you go to your species page, right? So like let's say you go to corn snakes, and then you hit the uh, auctions, okay. it'll only show you the corn snakes. Gotcha. So yeah, I've been go to auctions. I'm like, this is all ball pythons. I don't, yeah. I don't care about these. I was so bummed I didn't win that. Uh, Carol Huddleston posted the female banded Motley Miami. And I yeah. was dude, I was getting a little aggressive too, but that thing shot up, which I'm so stoked that it did. That's the other thing that people need to understand with auctions. I know we're kind of just talking about auctions now. If people start bidding on it, other people want to bid on it because it becomes a hotter commodity. Uh yeah, there's this weird like thrill of, yeah. of I won't say gambling, but like we were talking about that in the group, and Kevin had mentioned uh you know, people bid on stuff and they pay more than, than what the animal's worth. And it's like, I think that's just because people like the, the, the thrill, man, the dopamine release of like yeah. the auction and the, you know, the excitement of it. And it's, it's odd, but I think it's, it's definitely a thing. I had it exactly that. I, w- I was looking at that snake and, and I was like, all right, I, it was, it was cheap, right? It was $75. I was like, awesome. I'm going to bid on it. I'm going to put 10 bucks on it. I'm going to get it for 85. Let's go, baby. There was like a day left. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put 10. I was like, and then, uh, you know, it's cool because you get this little message. You get a little doo-doo-doo. And I was like, all right, what's that? I looked down. I was like, oh, it's $100. And I was like, 105. Let's go. Boom. Got it. And then it was like instantly 110. And I was like, uh, 115. Got to do it, right? And then it kept going. And then, you know, I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning. And it was like, I think it had gotten up to 150, 160, where it should be, right? Like it was mm-hmm. up now. Uh, it was a sub-adult, female, banded motley, uh, Miami. Like, it should be a $150 to $175 snake, kind of no questions. And it was kind of out there, and I was all like, nah, nah. You got you to gotta set a limit somewhere. You gotta set, and then I ended up bidding on it again because I just didn't want it, somebody else to win it. And then I went to work, and I think by the time it sold, it was like 210 or something. Which is where, you know, good, good, good on it, right? Like, that's that's where... That that's what we should be supporting. So it's kind of a fun, kind of a kind of fun, interesting thing. Uh, I think if you look at the sold results, man, I you know the, the prices are everywhere, right? You'll see a snow sold for one hundred fifty dollars. You'll see a snow that sold for seventy five dollars. You'll yeah. see an AML that sold for a hundred dollars. You'll see an AML that sold for twenty five. So what people are actually paying, I don't think is directly indicative to what they're getting quality or morph wise i think what mm-hmm. they're paying is also indicative to presentation and who it's coming from it kind of seems like yeah. those like boutique snake breeders yeah. that consistently eric westmoreland who consistently has badass courses hey I, I can't afford the the cinder stripe uh you know honey annery you know all the, all the things comp, compound compound but man he, you're looking through his stuff and you're like oh man he's got a really nice annery that's you know Het stripe, het this, het that. I could get that one. He had some. He had like a banded hypo. I think he still has like a little baby banded hypo that's really good looking. Like it's nothing, nothing life changing by any means, but like it's a good looking little snake, man. I'm yeah, like, that's that's tempting, but I'm also like I'm also sitting on 
20 hypos <laughs> that I, <laughs> I don't need all of them, but isn't it so tough to not get more <laughs> like just constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's why like I, I really avoid the corn snake section of morph market. A lot of the time, like if I'm on there, I'm usually looking at the rat snakes and old world stuff and chondros, um, some of the Leonis, um, but corn snakes, I'll, I'll pop in there periodically to, to look around, but I usually end up regretting it because I'm like, man, there's so much stuff on here that I want. Yeah, I've, I've gotten that way bad with corn snakes. Man, you just like you, you go in and you filter it by sun kiss, right? And then just like, I don't even filter it. I just start flipping through pages, man. <clears throat> that's, that's another thing to kind of be cognizant of keep refreshing those posts right like you can get it on morph mark i think it's every couple of days you're allowed to refresh it put it to the front of the page and, and, and so yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna spend a little bit more time but kind of you know i i feel like we're ta- i'm talking about something that everybody already knows right like you've got people that have been doing this uh so yeah anyways that was you know we want to talk a little bit about the core state marketplace i think it's still a healthy place i think the entire market has come down but i don't think the market has come down below where it was pre-COVID. Yeah. I think we're still sitting above that. Just sort of a readjustment back to... Yeah. You're, you're, we're not back in those COVID The days. other we're side of the wave. There. Yeah. 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 I still I still need to... If I'm going to post stuff, I need to pay for a Morph Market account. I just... Every time I'm about to... You know, I'm like, okay, tonight when I get home, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah. You know, just for a month, see what happens. And then, like, someone will post something about, the, you know, they'll show the messages they're getting from people on Morph Market. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. And then I don't do it. And then it happens again where I'm like, okay, I think today's the day. And then, nope. Seeing what people are dealing with, <laughs> don't want to deal with it. Like Everybody deals with too. And you it's, know, but- it's a part of it. Like, I understand that. It's to be expected no matter where you're selling stuff be it fauna or whatever, like you're going to get messages and you're going to be get people asking for, for a million photos and uh, all that stuff. And it's like, that's fine. Um, but just seeing the amount of the same message that people get, it's just strange to me. It seems like, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of the people aren't real. I don't, we have so it's the People same question and the same conversations almost verbatim from yeah. different people on different animals. It's just so odd. Like it doesn't seem something seems off. I don't know. But then it again, it's just like I'm maybe I'm just lazy. Um You're you're obviously not, right? Every time I'm about to do it, I see like a screenshot from someone <laughs> I, in the group and I'm like, nope. I think there's something also a little more altruistic to it where you, you and me and a lot of the people we know breed for ourselves first. We kind of are producing animals that we love because we want to see what comes out. We, we kind of were digging through the pile first, right? And, and so I think there's the first thought isn't I'm going to produce these animals and I'm going to make, okay, uh, 10 eggs. Uh, you know, 50 bucks a piece minimum. If they're all AMLs, maybe, maybe I get a snow in there. That's a hundred. Okay. So, so I'm looking, I'm looking at at least $750 for this clutch. Oh, right? dude, that isn't even a factor. When it's I'm not even on my mind. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what these are really going to be. Yeah. I got it. You're a, just excited. A, a to hatch out parent. I've got a male that I have no idea what, what is going on beneath the surface genetically. Like uh, the, the price isn't 
something yeah. I even consider. Like it doesn't even enter my mind. It's like, you know, maybe yeah. they're only worth 50 bucks a piece, whatever. It's just a cool pairing. Like, yeah. But then I feel sort of a certain level of guilt of like, if I'm just doing that to see what happens, is that an ethical sort of crossroads of like bringing new life into the world purposefully just for the sake of seeing what happens seems to me it's I, that's something i do struggle with i think if of. you question that ethically then you have to question i am creating life only to sell it right and then, sure. and, then and, I, I and i don't it's, I, it's more so like with the rhinos i don't worry about it because i know yeah. there's people that are always going to be wanting to buy rhinos so like i'm not worried about having a ton of babies and sitting yeah. on them for an indefinite period of time. Like I know plenty of people that are going to be interested in them. Yeah. But like corn snakes, especially if it's nothing life changing or, or anything super, uh, you know, novel or whatever. It's like, then I, f I do feel bad to a degree because it's like, okay, these, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to have to keep these going. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. And then it's like, is it worth it to, to do that? I, you know. I don't, I, I, I see where you're coming from. And, and to some extent, I, I definitely do agree. You're, you're kind of right. <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, you're going to give them good care, right? Like you're not going to not take care of them. Right. Right. And, and, and you know that you're going to, if, if you're not out pushing, selling them, you're going to put them in good hands. Right. You're, you're talking about, Trading something to a uh, you know trading a snake to a lady for some rats or trading to a buddy to to change your collection a little bit. I think I think you're. We care so much about the lives of these silly little things that you're 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 yeah you're 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 not in that position. I kind of was a little bit last year. I produced a bunch of snakes. I sent in I literally sent an entire clutch to Alex Horvath of probably the most valuable snakes I hatched last year. Just because I was like, all right, I've got too many babies. You're getting right. <laughs> I, I always get a meeting and then send them, but uh, it, it's a. I don't know. That's an interesting uh, question to to propose and, and kind of an or interesting uh, idea to propose. And I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, got some deep thoughts on that one. Yeah, because it's the same with chondros. Like I know if I bred chondros, like. Yeah. Finding people that would be wanting to buy conjures is not going to be difficult. Yeah. That's like, I'm going to breed black pines this year. Actually breed them, not just have the female lay, egg, lay eggs, but <laughs> actually purposely, breed them. Yeah. yeah, purposely breed them. And I'm like, I'm not even questioning whether those babies are, are going to find homes, right? Like, it's it's I get messaged a lot about black pines, especially in Texas. There's, as far as I know, uh, nobody in Texas is breeding black pines. So it's kind of like, yeah, cool, awesome. Like, I'll... I'll I'll go somewhere with this, but there's, you know, I, I do have little pet projects that, you know, like this, this Emory, I think this, this wild caught Alpine Emory eyes. If I get a bunch of normals, I'm actually more excited than if I get a bunch of different phenotypes. Uh, Cause if I get a bunch of normals, I can say, Hey, this, this may actually be something uh, for right. the future of the hobby. Uh, but if I get a bunch of different phenotypes, I'm going to stop and go, okay, well it's a phenotypic look. And, and I know that I can breed for it. Maybe I'll keep back a couple females that are light like him, and I'll say, "All right, cool. I can further this on. Now I can further my project." But now I've got to probably find homes for a bunch of alpine emryi, and, and though they're they are loved and people do like them, it's it's not all, it's it's a tougher sell, right? And, and and 
do I even need to sell these animals or can I find enough people to give them away to, which I, I do, yeah. my gosh, I, I do, I do love doing. <laughs> if, if people want snakes, just kind of become my friend. You're probably going to get some snakes. So it's so true. It's, yeah. It's interesting. But yeah. Like I, I don't know anybody that we know that I haven't given a snake to at some point. Yeah. Jason Keller. Fuck you, Jason Keller. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see you grow. I know that this year, uh, talking to everybody, everything's already gotten a little better. The economy's getting a little better. I, I think I think where we're going in the hobby is only up. Um, I'm excited to get on that. You know, like I said, go go to Morph Market, see what's sold. I'm excited to see that snows are still selling. Right, uh, as somebody who's probably not producing any snows this year, I, I'm excited to see that the Castagna Tesseras are, are selling. I'm excited to see that people like Eric Westmoreland are, are still uh, doing well. Uh, still, still got a lot of listings. Still got a lot of stuff going out. People like Clint Bartley, Metazotics. Look, you, we 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 live in a world where some of the most distasteful, dishonest flippers are posting on these social medias and on these sales apps daily, right? And we can't do anything about that because it's a free market, right? They have every right to be on there. Mm-hmm. Though maybe I disagree, but my disagreements are personal and ethical disagreements, not necessarily. Uh, I don't know the right way to put it, but but not not something that could actually stop them from doing what they're doing. But you've got people like Clint Bartley, who are you know producing a thousand snakes a year and are selling stuff that's being produced by uh, what you call it, uh, you know Zach Lofman and, and and other people, and and they're they're putting them to the table in such a way that you know you're getting a healthy animal. You Clint will tell you on a biweekly basis how much he cares about these these snakes and how much he cares about these lizards and how much he's producing ball pythons and how much he still loves ball pythons. And so I think, I think us as hobbyists need to make sure we're seeking out the right, right people to buy from and, and, and the right boutique, boutique kind of people to buy from. Um, and, you know, I, I remember talking about this on Joe Phelan's podcast a uh, hundred years ago about how I wanted to kind of bring a boutique experience. I want somebody to buy a snake for me and know that they can message me at any time and I will get back with them. And tell them not only the lineage of that animal, what I think about that animal, or any concerns they have about the animal. Because when you, if you ever do buy something from me, and I don't sell a lot, but you, you're 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 buying me, right? You're buying a piece of me because a little mm-hmm. bit of me is in every one of those animals. And, and so, and I'm not saying that because I'm about to post 50 corn snakes, and everybody needs to go check them out. I literally have like six left, right? Like I'm not even posting. <laughs> I'm probably gonna hold yeah. on to them so that they get a little bigger, and I'm, you know, it, it's a. Uh, and I want to, I want to keep it that way, uh, and, and and so I don't know, I don't know. I uh, I know I know that uh, part of a, this conversation we were thinking about having, and we're probably not going to have it tonight, uh, and we'll probably do an episode focused just on this. Is talking about burnout, how to deal with burnout, and how how to how to cope with it, and, and how to move past it, or how to not move past it, how to how to emotionally decide when you're burnt out and what to do uh but i but i think that's kind of an episode of his own and i think i might even have a good guest for that uh yeah. a, a, a young guy that's a good buddy of mine that's really into health uh mental health uh and men's health which i, I think is important uh, you know everybody's health but uh is, is a strong proponent of, of uh people being a little bit more uh pontificate a little bit more about their own emotions and, and how to kind of relay that so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk with him maybe get him on the show uh in a couple weeks and like i said maybe we'll do a, a couple species spotlights maybe we'll We'll come up with catchy names, <laughs> you know, the the pandering on Pitchofus or something, and we'll we'll, we'll do that. Live, laugh, Leonis. But live, laugh, Leonis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so I'm excited to see see some of that. 
excited yeah. still, yeah. excited to watch I'm, Fulvius grow, man. It's growing. That's definitely going to be a sort of a conversation I'm going to be having with myself, you know, if it keeps going the way it's going, because, um, you know, if that is the case, then I'm definitely going to need to downsize just for the sake of the animals and making sure everything's getting taken care of the way it's supposed to. You know, yeah. it's juggling that and, you know, spending time with family. And I have been trying to kind of have have some, some lazy time where I'm just bullshit and, and not doing anything and not feeling guilty about it. Uh, you got to have downtime, man. It's it's you tough. Have it. Um, you know the collection. That's a lot. The rodents doing the rodents is is again. I mean that's not a ton of time on the weekends, but it is time. Um, you know it's just being honest with yourself and and knowing your limits and knowing when it's when it's time to to make a change. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Nothing, we'll nothing see. is more valuable than your own personal time, man. That's what keeps you healthy. That's what keeps you on point. That's what keeps you sharp. It's also what keeps you uh, present for your family. All of us, right? Like, we, we need to be present outside of our, our hobbies uh, and our work, right? Like, I work a lot. I work way too much. And I and I, and I constantly am telling myself, hey, you know, maybe you got to leave early today. Maybe, maybe maybe we don't put in 12 hours. You got to be there for your family. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to be, be there for you. You got to take care of number one. If number one's not good... Nobody else, you're going to reflect on everybody else. That vitriol, that, that bad attitude is going to go to everybody else. That, that, that tired, you, you know, you, you're going to be tired. Everybody's going to be tired. You, you're going to be upset. Everybody's going to be upset. You're going, you're going to be grouchy. Everybody's grouchy. And get in the right state of mind while staying busy uh, is so important. It's, it's so important. And it's not even necessarily like, I mean, for me, with everything that, we lost that, I'm, Justin. that I'm. Oh, he's back. Am I good? Yeah, you skipped out for a second. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything I'm I'm doing, be it collection stuff, podcast stuff, Fulvia stuff, whatever. Justin, I mean, it's not is, that I don't. Uh, Justin, you have not. You're back now. Marco. Polo. Marco. Polo. Before I skip out again, <laughs> everything I've been working on, like everything I I do, um, you know, I enjoy it all, but it's a matter of like you're you're having too much on your plate as much as you enjoy it you know it's it's when you have that much to juggle it definitely gets gets tough and that's where the frustration and sort of the burnout is for me it's like it's not that i don't enjoy spending time in the snake room doing stuff it's not that i don't enjoy making mugs and, and working on that business and it's not that i don't enjoy doing the podcast stuff but it's like when you have the pressure of of making sure it's all taken care of and where it needs to be that's when it gets stressful and that's when I, I start to struggle is, is just making sure it's, I'm trying to keep up with it all, you know? And it's, and it's so funny. It's such a simple thing, right? Schedule planning, right? Let's, let's make a plan. Okay. Today I've got this much time allocated to this, this much time allocated to this, this much of time allocated to this. I'm going to do it. You can sit down at night the day before say, this is good. And it never ever ever happens like that it's copium right you're you're, you're you're sipping a copium when you start thinking that real life is a chaotic psychotic dystopian mentality of who flipping knows what's happened the future isn't here yet the past is irrelevant so what 
am I doing in the present? And the less things that you can devoid your time to, and the more things you can allocate resources efficiently to, the easier it becomes. And it, it and it's not easy. It is it is so 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 hard. And we get lied to constantly by social media. We get lied to constantly by friends. Oh man, it's no problem. I wake up at four every morning. I work out. I take my shower. I hit work for eight and a half, twelve hours. You know, I come home, kiss my family. We all work out together. We all drink broccoli, and then I, I work in the snake room for four and a half hours, and then I do my you know I do this and I have my business. And it's just it's not, it's not it's that's not how it works, right? It, it's it's you know, uh, little minute things can change your day which instantly changes the ideology of your plan. And the harder you make those plans and the more strict you make those plans, the less likely they are to happen. What, what, what is it that you always say? Uh, that dedicating, uh, saying something out loud is a good way for God to start laughing. Or yep. what's announcing it? your plans is a good way to make God laugh. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you're right. You know, it, it's, it's sometimes you have to step back and say, okay, maybe what I actually need to do is, uh, remove some of these things from my existence so that I can not have to plan 30 minutes of trim the fat time. You got to trim the fat yep. and there's nothing wrong with doing that. And ain't nobody going to blame anybody on this planet for doing that. And the most important thing that people don't realize is you don't need to explain yourself. You don't need to give a soul on this planet, a reason for doing what you're doing. If it's not negatively affecting them directly, they have no damn business in you right yeah maybe we're all scared to admit that right? i think the big part of it is just knowing your limits and knowing yourself and knowing when to acknowledge that that you're spread thin and pushing those limits you gotta you know, push those limits you gotta for sure them. for sure because the only way you you know that's that's how you know what those limits are but you know it's i've had multiple times throughout my my time in in her pediculture where i've been like okay i've got too much yeah, you know, I I tried to keep up as best as I could, and it finally got to the point where I was like, I just I have too much, you know. It's it's uh, it's gotta you gotta trim up, you know, gotta tighten things up again, and it's not an easy call to make, uh, but it's just about being honest with yourself and and knowing your limits. I think is the biggest thing. Yeah, and being able to to put any you know ego aside or whatever and say like this is this is too much for me like yeah. that's i think that's a big big because of social media like that's a hard thing for people to do you know and it's like again it's you know i want to explain that to, to my kid as she gets older like what you see on the internet which she doesn't have access to you know but all her little friends do it's like what sh- what what they're seeing is not real it's yeah. not reality like it's all bullshit all of it, everything you see, it's not 99% of the time is not, that's not what you're, what's going on behind the scenes is not what you're looking at. It's very different things. And it's unfortunately, I think people sort of lose, lose sight of the fact of, of that and just how much of it is, is absolute fallacy. You know, a lot of it's a facade and, um, you know, it's conversations like this and ones that Jake and I have had previously on episodes and stuff where it's like, it's okay to admit that you got too much. You yeah. have too many animals. You got too much going on. 
you know, it, it, like it's better to admit that and do something about it than to sort of keep lying to yourself and those animals struggle. Yeah. You know? It's okay to recognize and admit that pressure <clears throat> and, it, and it, it's okay to talk about it. And it's okay. You, you know who you don't want to let down your family. You know, who you don't want to let down yourself and who, who cares what infinite people think, you know, I I've had projects that I was working on that I've since sold. And, and I, and I remember talking to the, the people I got the projects from and just being like, Hey, I, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to continue on with this. <clears throat> I just, you know, this, this species or this particular project, yeah. it's not the direction I'm going. And, and I don't want to let you down. And, you know, you, you, you did me a big favor by selling me these animals or whatever. Right. 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 And them going, Oh man, well, I sold you those animals cause I didn't want them and it's okay if you don't want them either. And not even that you don't want them. You just don't have time. And what the hell does it matter? I mean, it's such a quick thing that we realize that you're, you're, you're almost never letting somebody down. Sometimes you let people down when you're not there, when they need you. Sometimes you let people down when you're not there emotionally, when they are seeking support. Uh, it's not your job to do that, but sometimes as friends, we fight in our responsibilities, right? Mm-hmm. That's a little different. But when you start talking about physical, actual, tangible things, time-intensive things such as animals or, or, or care to those animals or projects, you know, uh, we, uh, breeding, right? Like breeding a snake, <laughs> taking a, a, a snake from, from a pair to a baby is a lot of work. And then you've got to get that baby eating. Then you got to get that baby healthy. And then you're going to care about the animal because you produced it. You brought it into life, right? And so I don't, I, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, shed a tear on any of us, particularly anybody else, because that just didn't follow through. Look, Billy, Billy Hunt took time off of bringing carpet pythons, and he's still the part of carpet python god, right? Like uh, JT didn't didn't breed corn snakes last year now i know i know that's not really how it panned out but nobody was sitting here saying that he doesn't have some of the best corn snakes he's one of the top five breeders that i know as far as the quality of his collection the quality of the animals he's produced we've been we've been talking about the snakes he was producing before we knew him (laughs) yeah just because you know when, when joe phelan was doing a podcast and we were we were nerding out on corns and and it's you know and he takes a year off, and nobody bat an eye, right? Like it's 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 a, uh... yeah, yeah, that that too. I mean, it's it's also remembering that you're not being watched twenty four seven. Like you're not under yeah. a microscope constantly. Like aside from from us talking about what we're doing on a on a weekly basis or whatever with the podcast and stuff, it's like no one's paying attention to the last time you posted a certain animal on your Instagram sure. or anything like that. It's like, sometimes it can feel that way, but it's like, no one's, everyone's so preoccupied with their own, own bullshit. You know, it's, it, it, you know, I, I took a long time off of social media. I still don't post much. I'm still not in the group chats very much. And I've got more friends than I've ever had. You know, the people that I love, the people that I care about, the, the, the people I joke around about the Jason Kellers that I talk shit about. These guys still love me. These guys still give me the biggest hug I've ever had when I see them at Daytona. These people still message me, check on me. It's it's this community, this love exists outside of social media, right? If if I see you once a year, you're still one of my best friends. If you know, same for Jake, same for Sky, same for all these guys. Phil, you know, Dom, right? Dom isn't doing anything. She's not even doing a podcast anymore. Yet we all 
are so excited to just hear from her and see where she's at. And, it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it, it, none, none of us are worried that, you know, do you have this crazy project going? Did that? How did that pan out? Oh, well, you know, I sold the animals. Oh, that's cool. God, weren't they pretty? You know, and, and let's, how's your life going? You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's so much more than that. It's so much more emotionally deep than, than, than we think because we, we don't want to let people down. We don't, we don't want to break that stride. Uh, and sometimes you got to realize you got to do it for you. You got to do it for your family. And, and, you know, we all, we all have to be realistic about that. We all have to be honest. Yeah. 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 There's very few people in this hobby whose, whose opinion truly matters to me to the point to where I am concerned about what they would, what they would think. Like fear of letting them down. You know what I mean? But for the most part, it's like, strangers i don't know on instagram talking shit like i'm not gonna waste time stupid stupid comments on youtube i'll start typing something down and i'm like why am i bothering why don't what's the point the second you respond they win yeah i mean not even necessarily that it's like i just it's like i got so much other stuff that i could be doing instead why so waste I'm not time? Get into a pissing match with someone I don't know who wouldn't say that shit to my face, anyways. Yeah, you know, it's whatever. It's the internet. <laughs> the internet cool. is fake. It is. It's all fake. All fake. You see people doing stuff on Instagram and going on trips. They got all this, you know, quote unquote lavish bullshit, and you're like, you know, that that is not actually what is going on. That is the that is the the play acting. Yeah. It's the acting of the part. That's the, the great gadget bullshit. Yeah. Doing it for the likes. All fluff, no substance. <laughs> well, Justin, I think we're getting close to that time. We are, and I gotta pee. And I gotta pee. And I gotta get back to making damn mugs. You gotta go make more mugs. Get back to the mugs. It's a good episode. I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad. Man. You know, I think I think we had a lot of topics that are just good to talk about stuff we haven't talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this year we're probably going to do a. I want to do a raising corn snakes, pairing corn snakes, breeding corn snakes, like an episode that I could send to somebody and say, "Do this," uh, and I think I've got a good guest picked out for that. Uh, you know, we're still on the hunt for good guests. If you think you are a good guest, reach out to me. Uh, we'll, we'll make some time for you. And uh, I think keep an eye on Silent Hill what they're doing. Because I think JT's going to make some exceptional stuff this year. Uh, keep keep a listen out. Uh, you know, you the Flippin' Tim podcast, Jake and Sky, making some good content. Right. Stakes and Stogies, Phil out here, still doing the Lord's work. Venom Exchange Radio. Venom Exchange Radio, does exceptional not get enough, podcast. Does not get enough attention. Yeah. Such hope, a hope. good podcast. And that is one very one of very few that I, I listen to every episode in its entirety. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I haven't heard the most recent one, but dude, every it just dropped so it like yesterday. So yeah, it's such good quality. Content. Started it this morning, and it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get to the rest of it. Yeah, and, and it's 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 good for people not in that sector of the hobby to hear what the that sector of the hobby is doing because it's very unique and it's very special. Uh, well, just the people they're getting on, you know, like the the newest yeah. episode is is Steve Spalls, who's like a pretty big part of like African herpetology. Yeah. You know, he's written a ton of books. He spent a ton of time in that entire continent all over it, you know, and it's like 
unfortunately the majority of of sort of herpeticulture and people that are that are just keeping stuff and breeding stuff like that name is you know it's they're probably not going to recognize it and they're it's not going to mean much to a, to a lot of people but to the people that do know man it's like that's a big deal you know yeah i i look forward to hearing it i mean obviously they did the episodes of marco shea which is flipping amazing yeah. god i'm so jealous uh, <laughs> kill me when he told yeah. me it's like you motherfucker it's so good it's so good <sighs> hopefully hopefully we hear bill bradley's voice this year uh you know and like I said, I, I may be doing a couple episodes, maybe not even with Justin, uh, on, on a couple species uh, or, or just genus profiles, and, and we'll kind of see where that goes, and maybe give you a little time off, uh, which is which is much needed and, and deserved. So I can uh, make more mugs. Pick more mugs. It's the endless mug mill. You got the mug mill going. It is the mug mill, dude. Uh, but yeah, man, I think you know, stay healthy. Stay there for your family. Stay there for your friends, and, and, and keep on turning, man. Keep it up. You're, you're doing some damn good work. So keep on keeping on. Gotta keep on garden digging. Nice garden digging. Hell yeah, man! This episode was brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Do some shopping around. Tax season is here. Put something in the cart, and then use the code THN at checkout. Get ten percent off your order. Uh, SilentHillReptiles.com. Check them out as well. Morph Market. He's got the goods. JT makes some awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. FullVisaApparel.com. Also use that code THN at checkout. Get 15% off your order. That is the exclusive code for THN listeners and viewers like you. Uh, we'll be back Monday night for Snakes and Stogies as usual. Uh, Flippin' Tin is still happening right now, but that episode will also be released at the same time this one is, so be sure to check that out as well. And uh, we'll see everybody later. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.